0: Welcome to DuckFeed Live, Episode 8, Friendly Fire. This week it's just Gary and uh, myself, this is Cole, um, <laughs> answering your questions and responding to your prompts uh, for the uh, the month of January or so. Again, sorry this took so long to get up there. This is the audio version of a live video stream that goes up for our $5 and up Patreon backers. Um, if you would like to get in on this, put some questions in, watch the videos, either archived or live, go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv uh, and uh, become a donor. I don't want to delay this any further, so uh, let's go ahead and get to the program and I'll see you on the other side. Hey, we're live. <laughs> Wait for it.
1: Oh, you back to the out a little bit
0: there we are. <laughs> do we know if Live has ever did, done like uh, covers? Like, did they ever do like somewhere over the rainbow or something?
1: Somewhere over the <laughs> rainbow. No, down do down the rainbows in. <laughs> Come with me and you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Open up your imagination. <laughs> um, the, yeah. uh, no, but this song has a uh, a rap interlude by Q Tip, I think.
0: That doesn't sound like a made-up rapper name at all.
1: It is. It's, it's well, all rap names are made up. Cole. <laughs> yeah. The, uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> they we're handed down by the rap gods.
1: Yeah, it's not. You're not born rapping. Did uh, did Rap Man lie to me? He did. Love that. Um, Such a savory that? figure. Live coming back in their 2001 album, okay. Simple Creed. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome.
0: Oh man, just trying to trying to get back into their old into their old stomping grounds to find them empty and deserted, yeah. tumbleweeds blowing around.
1: Yep, fucked over by Creed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this this just in Scott Stapp, punched out by yeah. Johnny Baldman. What's his name?
1: Yeah, uh, Ed Kaskawleyak. Oh, yeah. Something like that.
0: Something like that. Yeah. Oh. Huh.
1: Right yeah. Club?
0: We don't. We don't have any viewers just yet, so we can us yeah. mess around. <laughs> Unless yeah. we're just here, I don't yeah. know. Is even that a bad
1: idea? If it just just becomes this, then well, then we can do whatever we want.
0: Oh yeah, nobody's here.
1: Yeah, I didn't dress up
0: for it, so that, yeah. that's fine.
1: my yeah. yeah. cool bathrobe I got for Christmas. Ooh, it's got a hood, which like doesn't seem like something a bathrobe needs to me. <laughs> like oh. Yeah. But it's also a bat 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 throbe. Yep. <laughs> Batrobe. As well. So
0: Hey, we have a viewer. It is a bat throbe. Yep. Yes. You can see my Bat Your your charming apparel has uh has 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 brought people in. Fantastic. Like... <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So this is this is Duckfeed Live. We're doing it a little bit late, but uh for a pretty cool reason.
1: Yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. That's um, at the end of the month, I was uh, I was out. Yeah, I was in the city by the sea. Yeah, San Francisco.
0: I was I was pretty in. Nice. Okay, let's do where in the world was Gary Butterfield? Yeah. Coastal city.
1: Yeah. Coastal city, bad internet service. Under <laughs> <of> these bags. <laughs> um, pretty much lots of cities by the sea. Yeah, describes.
0: Huh? Yeah. So I have a uh, a, a treat here that uh, somebody brought to our attention on Twitter. Um, this is... Um, I'll hold up the can. The Fireside Chat Beer.
1: Oh, hey. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I, I can't tell if this is right side for the viewers. On me, it's reversed because they don't let me get freaked out. No. Uh, that's good me. yeah. cool, I mean... Yeah. Cool. You so you can see... Let's do, let's do an unboxing here. Um sure. This is the 21st Century Brewery. Uh sorry not the 21st century, the 21st Amendment Brewery. I like their products, uh, like their like their, their packaging and stuff. The beer is good. Um you can see it's like micro brews and cans and stuff. However, they put like really bad like pros like copy on the sides of stuff. Like FDR's Depression-era radio addresses, which were like a kick in the butt and a hug at the same time, our oh. fireside chat is a subtle twist on the traditional seasonal brew. We begin with a rich, dark, English-style ale, and then we improvise with spices until we know we have a beer worth sharing with the nation, celebrating the right to be original. That's awful. <laughs> yep. We should be ashamed of that. <laughs> yep. Um, I, I like the art, though, that like line yeah. art style. Uh, yep. FDR. Uh, any picture of FDR? He looks like a man from a different time.
1: He appropriately enough.
0: Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. How so, is Let's uh. Let's give it a shot. This is this is an un unboxing. Let this me
1: free awesome. leveling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you see the 3DS XL? It's very nice in form factor.
0: <gasps> here, here are the headbuds. <gasps> Yeah. <laughs> just, just like take a hit off your addo, dog. Like you're gonna be good. Yeah,
1: I know. I just got these lungs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank, thank you, Miyamoto-sama. Okay, let's give this a shot.
1: Yeah, it's for, all right. Well, Cole's nodding slowly
0: <laughs> for the audio version. Yeah, yes. No. I, yeah. yeah, for 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 the viewers who just joined, I am taste testing the fireside chat beer. Yeah, it's good. It's not my favorite. Um, it's not my favorite winter beer that I've had so far. It's a little bit thin, um, mm-hmm. in terms of just kind of like, hey, here's here's a shit a shitload of like ginger and cinnamon. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll it'll do. It'll you do. That
1: they improvise spices until they found um, a the beer that was worthy of sharing with the nation. It's it's like freeform jazz in a can. Yeah, it's don't like, improvise. What? Don't improvise spices. Like here's some black pepper and here's some tartar, yeah. <laughs> with a spicy handful of cumin. Mm, let's um, see here. there
0: we go. Oh boy, that sip was nothing but tarragon. Fuck. Yeah.
1: Stick, like, ugh. yeah. yeah. Tarragon no, is one of the spices that you don't use on its own ever. Like it's just used in Indian cooking as like a secret.
0: Yeah, we're down to the components of food. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Swiss sauce of tarragon. Yeah. Yeah. It's not food in of itself. yeah. yeah. So so yeah, this is I was just at the liquor store getting my weekend's libations and this was hidden at the back of the shelf as though like they were trying to goad me into Narnia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so
1: Yeah. I'm drinking an entire bottle of uh Fireball Liqueur <laughs> and I the other stuff. <laughs>
0: yeah. So. Yeah, that's what we do. I do a whole six packs of this for Bonfireside Chat, and you do a whole thing of Fireball for Watch Out for yeah. Fireballs. Yeah. It's
1: so sweet and gross.
0: Um I, so I, don't know, I don't know how Fireball became like the social shot of choice, but it's it's aggressive. Like when you when you walk out, you know, when you go out with a bunch of people. Because whenever somebody gets shots, like it used to be, like oh here's Jack or Jaeger, and I can I can wrap my head around that. But, uh, but like, good.
1: I was just gonna say I haven't I haven't had that experience.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like it may just be like a Midwest thing. I know they marketed it really really hard here because uh, because Canada um, but uh, but man oh man people will people will foist fireball shots on you which you know they're nice enough to buy it for you so that's cool and you try not to turn it down but boy that sugar makes you really sick yeah, yeah you know. it's, it's
1: a really gross product um, here like I, in shots I still see Jaeger but then I also see like tequila a lot mm. um, you
0: know
1: which I, I can get down with like a tequila yeah. shot
0: yeah, feel um, the shots. Good, get a little bit of lime. I can, I can beat down. Whoa! Why did I just turn? Why did this just turn blurry? Just got unfocused for a second. <laughs> yeah, weird. All right, we're good. We're good. Uh, Webcam follies. Yeah. <sighs> yeah.
1: Cool. How's, how's everybody doing? Good. Good. we let him go?
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, let's. Uh, do, you, do you want to do some questions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you're watching, um, feel free to use the little Q and A app um, while we're here live to uh, to drop some stuff in. We have a pretty good crop here as we go along, and also some stuff in the comments, which I will do my best uh, to remember to get to. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's let's jump right in with uh, with some disappointment. All right, yeah, let's <laughs> get, get um... At this start. Yeah. So uh, we got our buddy Evan Noggle writing in asking Is there a game or series? Oh, sorry, nope. Wrong question. Looking at the wrong thing. This is Mike Verano asking What game cancellation or vaporware title carries the most personal disappointment for each of you? It's a good question. Yeah.
1: Um, like, my, my revi- I have a revisionist history answer. Like, it's okay. not in the time. Um, I would have really liked to have seen the prototype version of Resident Evil 4. Like the haunted mansion version that they showed. No. Like I was really bummed out that that didn't go anywhere because I thought that looked really cool. I love regular Resident Evil 4, mm-hmm. but the, it's what I love about Resident Evil 4 is not the theming necessarily. Like I like the I like the village with a secret trope more than I should, but the fact that they're like when they start becoming big parasite things, like that's not super cool to me, and I would have liked to have seen them go in a different direction than that. Um, but it wasn't like I was watching that with anticipation. You know, so that was more in the past.
0: Yeah. That's a that's a pretty good one because I remember seeing that and being real jazzed. Um it's weird because like that is the turning point and that like that would be the version of it you would want to see to be like, you know, the path not taken, right? Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. And actually I, I hate to, I'm not trying to answer twice, but I just remembered one that I did follow, mm-hmm. which is seems really obvious to me, but is Van Buren. Um like the original two D Fallout three, or still three D, but isometric Fallout Three. Like, I did follow that, and then that got canceled, and I was bummed out.
0: So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say for me, um, I'm going to skip aside from the obvious um, Last Guardian, uh, because, yeah, you know, yeah. who knows? Like, I I had, I had a big conversation at work today about Shadow of the Colossus with somebody, uh co-worker who was getting into the show, um, and would, like, got to our big spoiler horn on the Shadow of the Colossus episode. I was like, you know what? Actually, I have this. I'm going to go play it. I was like, just nerding out about it with him. Yeah. Um, and um, but uh, but yeah. So Last Guardian would be the one. Ben, man, Ben Merkel uh, from the level. You all you have to do is bring that up, and he gets real sad and wistful. <laughs> it's real funny to inflict emotional violence on a man. Um, but uh, uh, I'm gonna go back to when I was a kid, and following the development of Sonic Extreme for years oh, and years. Sorry. Yeah. So like, be know. who knows? <laughs> How extreme could it be? But yeah, I remember like just like watching every every game pro that came out every single month, and um, you know getting a couple of you know fleeting screenshots here and there. I think that I you know may have uh, may have um, bought the you know asked for the Saturn specifically for like the hope of a 3D Sonic game, right? The Sega, right? You know, going to be here. It's good. It's yeah. Good, you know? oh, yeah. But then all we got was like Sonic Jam, and it's like weird little um, 3D museum mode, and that was all. And, uh, you know, probably for the better, because it wouldn't have been really good. Mm-hmm. You know, like, just let that go. But that was my kind of, like, first real experience with uh, um, waiting for a game and it never coming.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't happen to me all that often now, because I'm kind of divorced from, like, the news hype. It's like, well, not in a, like, I don't even own a TV way. But just, um, you know, my my video game news tends to come curated to me by Twitter. <laughs> Like just yeah. other people, what my friends are talking about is what I'm interested in, as far yeah. as news, because I just I don't have any impact on it, and I just kind of wait until you know see what's in the pipeline. Yeah, you know, I just I, I don't I don't stoke a game owner for very much anymore.
0: Yeah. Um, I've not answered three times, but uh, since I've been playing more 3DS lately, um, I'm really kind of bummed out that Mega Man Legends 3 was briefly a thing and then tragically not a thing. Yeah. I, I think that could have been really promising. Yeah, I
1: didn't get my hopes up for that one. Like, I thought about that too, like, I thought that looked good, but I was just kind of like, eh. You know, it seemed weird to me that they were doing it in the first place. You know, given that the the first ones never seemed to be, like, they felt cult hit back to me. Like, they're widely well-regarded, but, like, it's a real, you know, it's like the less popular Mega Man branch. Like, it's like, we can take these into, like, weird Pokemon programming battle games, and that worked just fine. And then the 3D ones just you never hear about those from, from it's not what people generally associate with Mega Man.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like I'm almost curious to like fire up an emulator because I've never played any of the Mega Man network battle games at all. Uh,
1: Jeremy Parrish loves them. Like he he talks them up and I trust that guy's opinions on lots of stuff. So I've yeah. been curious about it. But there's also so many of them to be really intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um like I would want to find the best one in the series.
0: Yeah, I think I played it vicariously through through David from the level, like back in middle school, mm-hmm. hearing his stories on the playground. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, talking about it like an adventure game where you can go around and, like, examine everything, which sounded like the absolute coolest yeah. thing to uh, me <laughs> at the time. Like, yeah, Mega Man game where you can walk around and look at stuff. And really, that's that's part of what made Mega Man Legends really good to me. Well, at least in my eyes. Yeah. Vaporware. Mm
1: hmm. Vapingware is another, because <laughs> that's what I'm wearing right now, <laughs> this, is, this is my vaping wear robe for people who are listening and not watching, yep. and I, I never, this is Brayton's joke, so I'm going to give him credit for it, but uh-huh. when we did live stream, we kept talking about having a segment where Nick does vape tricks, and then we were talking about releasing a series of VHS's where he'd be like vape tricks, and then uh, vape tricks reloaded, and then vape tricks revolution, <laughs> And each cover would get progressively more elaborate with like Nick like floating in the air vaping or like doing a backflip vaping. <laughs> like, I wonder how
0: difficult that would be to do. Um you
1: know, the, if anybody can do it, it's Nick though.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah. Like uh just look at uh look at sourcing a a bad uh, yeah, like we could probably film it on an iPhone and do like a VHS transfer. It would have to be it would have to be VHS um you know, just for the effect, but yeah. uh, to to get like uh to get some stickers printed to put on the front of the uh, of it, and then just mail it to people.
1: That would be that would be great. Like I would I would love a VHS copy of Big Tricks, Big Tricks Reloaded, starring Nick Glauber. And the inside of it could just be like you know Jurassic Park or some VHS that's a diamond does dozen. I just want the cover. I want it on my shelf. i be able to watch it. You know. But,
0: well, yeah, but uh, it's kind of like those bands that are uh, putting out uh, cassette tapes now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, people listen to tapes. Like you run into it, it's weird, but they're mm-hmm. coming back. The
0: so that's yeah. I don't begrudge anybody the way they want to listen to music.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't care. It's fine yeah. for me. So.
0: Yeah, just listen to music enjoy what you're gonna like. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Brayden, why don't we throw up his question here? Um, this is Brayden Cameron uh, of Teenage Dirtbags, which you emphatically should be listening to, saying, I've been burning through a lot of podcasts lately, and I'm getting a little worn out by dude with opinion on everything that interrupts everybody podcasts. Do you have any alternative suggestions? Nothing on Duck Feed. Yeah, <laughs> is that some tweet? <laughs> no, no, I, I was referring to me because I interrupt people on, um, on the level all the time. Oh, okay. I, I feel like between the two of us, I'm an interrupty guy. So that's that, that that's self self you know burn.
1: I'll I'll interrupt people's stuff too. I wonder why. I wish that Brandon had included an example, like yeah. what he means. Like um, if he just means like it's usually just a general group of guys and one guy just keeps like kind of popping in like that is obnoxious. Um, there are a lot of podcasts I listen to where that doesn't happen, you know. So if like, but that that's such a wide uh requirement. Like, I will listen to a podcast about anything, as long as there's not one guy who interrupts the other guy.
0: <laughs> as long as the balance of power is relatively equal, and everybody yeah. has a modicum of decorum.
1: I don't care what it's about. So, you know, like, um, all the podcasts I usually like, I don't feel like that happens all that often. But maybe I'm just, like, a nerd to it. Maybe I just don't notice it.
0: I don't know. Like, I, I read this question ahead of time uh work this uh, this morning, and um, I've been getting into the Flophouse lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really good show um that I feel uh kind of mimics my own sensibilities in terms of conversation and humor and podcasts. It's a li- it's a little friendship porny, but they tend to s- it's like abject suffering but for but for movies. Um. And also around for four years before we did ab- Abject Suffering. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh even that, like Elliot Kaylin, the guy who writes for The Daily Show, um, tends to tends to be uh you know the person who talks more, but it's generally for the better. Um yeah. because he's really funny. It's it's okay if the outspoken of the outspoken person is funny. But that's again just probably me being a nerd to it.
1: Yeah, I, I mean yeah, for the for the most part. And then yeah, I guess most podcasts I listen to people are respectful of it. And when they're not, I do notice it, but they tend to be guests on things. Like I don't think any podcast where there's just a cast member who does that um has floated the top for me. Like I can't listen to anything that Pete Holmes has ever done, because mm. that guy is even his laughter uh, shatters the room in a disgusting way and, like, just breaks the conversation into a million pieces, and he just, it sounds like he's laughing for attention. Uh, like, it's really gross. But he also loudly brays and interrupts as well. Um, so I just like that guy. So anything without Pete Holmes um, on it that is also called The Flophouse is our recommendation. Yes. Uh, no no episodes of The Flophouse that Pete Holmes are dusting on. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, The Flophouse is really good. I've gotten a lot of mileage out of it. Um, yeah,
1: it's a, I'm yeah I have been in this weird I, I mentioned it before I've been on like my pod decline just because of you know music coming you know coming back into my life and uh, the so I'm not, I haven't I've got a list of things to check out once I need a new show mm-hmm. but I kind of I did the backer blog for tomorrow a little bit about how I mean this isn't about that I could do a whole one about how it's kind of it's hard to get into a show yeah for me sometimes and part of it is the more friendship porn it has the harder it is to get into because you need to feel like you know the people. And like listening to a podcast, like what I tried to listen to, I know you're a big fan, I'm not disparaging this, I'm just using it as an example. Um, When I tried to get into Oh Yeah, Dude, it felt like being at a party where everyone knew each other except for me Mm -hmm. a little bit. Like, oh, these are a lot of in-jokes and stuff that like I'm just not part of. Do I have the patience to like get into the appreciation curve of this to like Mm -hmm. start getting it, you know? And and I kind of couldn't. so, like, for like, a friendship-y porn kind of thing like that, like, I, just, I feel like I need it to be about something to mm-hmm. keep me interested while I am... It's like, like going... The comparison would be, like, the difference between going to a party and going to, like, a show. You know, like, there's a social element of a show. You talk between bands and stuff, but you have something to focus on that got you there, and you can yeah. still make friends, as opposed to just, like, hey, I'm getting together with some people from work. You're not going to know anybody there, but do you want to come and just be around that, you know? If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's a danger with how intimate um, podcasts and kind of like radio, like talk, you know, nonstop talk blocks are, uh, yeah. you know, a, a little bit because, especially if ever, you know, the, the the common model right now is for everybody to just kind of like lean into their own character um, to the exclusion of a lot of other stuff or any kind of like professional facade, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I try and be, you know, at least a little bit mindful of that. And there's an element of it that creeps into our stuff, I think, in terms of in-jokes and things like that. And so I try and be receptive to it when it happens elsewhere. But you're right, it's a little bit like trying to make a new acquaintance, a- acquaintance or make room for them mm-hmm. in your, uh, you know, just kind of like weird, disconnected, social-esque sphere.
1: Yeah, well, Like whereas, like, I could listen to, when I was powering through uh, 3 got dot Game Heroes, I was playing, listening to that Rachel Miles explain the X-Men thing. Um, and I don't feel friendship porn from that. I was just there for the content. And that was easier to swallow without having to feel like any kind of obligation. You know, it just like, went down easy, but isn't going to end up becoming like one of my favorite shows, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. So, and I, know, I totally know that we're guilty about it. And people like it about our shows, which is great. And I like it about other shows, which is great. It's just, it's hard to get into, you know? It yeah. makes like adding a new one, like, oh, I've already got these friends. You know, I'm not really in the market for new, you know, audio friends right now.
0: Yeah, and it's it, you know, it, it's it's a little bit like uh, I always get a little bit weirded out when so not weirded out, but like it feels a little bit like an imposition when somebody comes up and says, "Oh man, you should watch this movie." Yeah, or listen to this band or something like that. It's like, you know what? I'm I I kind of in in, in it's the one thing I can control. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Is what I consume, and so and so. Hopefully, I haven't been too adamant about like, man, Roderick on the line, and oh yeah, dude, these have been so influential to me. Like, yeah, I'm. I'm always
1: like, if you're talking to me, if you're talking to listeners, like, who knows what they feel? But like to me, like I'm always happy to listen to suggestions, and then just the reality of it is I don't have. Yeah. time to do everything I want to do. So it's it's not going to necessarily happen. I hope nobody takes that personally. Oh, it gets yeah. harder, like exponentially harder when they come down to things like books or TV shows. Oh, yeah. um, James Adomian has a comedy routine about that, that or like a joke that's really funny where he talks about people doing that about shows and be like, man, have you watched The Wire? And then like realizing, oh, The Wire is, uh, you know, 50 hours of TV. And then, you know, the equivalent being like, man, have you read Time Magazine? It's awesome. Like, and you had to start from the beginning and just like... Read Time Magazine, like these are really serious time commitments that you're just casually asking people to do, you know. And I get it. like somebody will recommend a book to me or something like that, and it's like I like it. I like that people are recommending it, but I just don't know, you know. It's it's unlikely I'm just gonna the perfect you know amount of time and mood is gonna align to make me read it. You know, same thing. With, like we got those um book recommendations for Bonfireside Chat, like they sound interesting to me. I would like to read them. I just don't know when I'm gonna have time to do that, and I already have a big backlog of books. Right. It's like it's probably going to fall down the wayside, and it just—it's not an act of violence to that person or anything.
0: Yeah, and just to clarify, I wasn't holding it against you because I—God knows—I feel that anxiety about like, oh gosh, there's no.
1: I was just clarifying in case I didn't know whether you're talking to me or to people I
0: I was using our exchange as an example for like for like everybody else. So yeah, yeah. Oh man, what a what a complicated mess.
1: I've got, I've got a, a safety protocol in, in case my robe opens, by the way. Just, okay, cool. In case cause it does open a little bit. And, and you can only see me from the waist up for people who are listening. And you might see my, my chest, which I'm fine with. Um, but I am uh, I'm not nude.
0: <laughs> this is DuckFeed After Dark.
1: Yeah, actually, for fuckfeed.tv, I'm not nude. For I'm just wearing a robe because I thought it would be funny. Yeah,
0: it's comfortable. <laughs> oh, man. If I would if have known we were doing a robe thing, I would have worn my robe.
1: We'll have to to do an unplanned formal wear one at some (laughs) point.
0: Black tie. Yeah, it's it's a cast. (laughs) It's it's a top hat that I can't get around my hair. Yeah, (laughs) is this your sassy haircut, by the way? It
1: is. It's not as sassy. It doesn't look as sassy now, but it's it's short in the back, which I haven't done before. Um, So Mm. they don't look mullin, which I like. You Um, You don't have one. I'm sorry. I, I don't look mullety. Like I was mm. start feeling like I was looking mullety,
0: mullet-esque, mm. and uh, yeah. <laughs> you were starting to look like Megan Mullally.
1: Yeah, I, I and mean, I didn't like that as much as yeah. I love Nick Offerman. I didn't want to actually, you know,
0: kiss stash. So there, there, so, there are two types in this world: your Nick Offermans and your Megan Mullalies.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. yep.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, let's go to that one that I mistakenly read for, uh, before. Evan Nagel asks, "Is there a game series or a type of game that you wished you played, uh, but don't have the time to learn?"
1: Yes, like there are many, um, but one that's on my mind now um, that I'll bring up is the uh, the Spiderweb Software games, like the avernum and uh, and those games. And if you don't know the the story behind that guy, um, it's just a guy in Seattle who just makes these old-school role-playing games that are, like, super complicated. Like, they're old-school, you know, Baldur's Gate-esque engines with really complicated obsidian-esque moral choice things. Like, you have tons of impact on the story and stuff. Um, and they, I just haven't gotten a chance to play them. And I owned, I bought all the bundles when they came to Steam, and I have them all, and I would love to play them, but I just haven't had the chance to. So
0: Yeah. Do you know what the time comm- commitment on those is?
1: I don't know exactly, I just assume it's long because of the genre, uh, but I don't actually know that to be true. So there's also an element of um, difficulty just get you know, I had to get used to a new old PC game interface, which like once you get into it, you get into like we just did Masters of Orion, it's like I can't use my mouse, this is bullshit, and then eventually <laughs> you just like figure it out and you're fine, you know, uh, so I'd have to get over that hump as well.
0: Yeah. For me, um something that I see on my shelf every day as I leave for work because for some reason, uh, as a masochist, I put my video game shelf right by my front door. Mm-hmm. Um, I have all three uh, American-released Fatal Frame games um, that are right at eye level because that's where PS2 games are. I thought and, you didn't uh, see all three
1: American Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, you can do better, buddy.
0: <laughs>
1: like, yeah. You can yeah, you, you could probably live die without playing Scrapland. I think it's probably okay. Man, um,
0: it's Fall by the wayside. The, the the one time that I've ever been disappointed by EGM, mm-hmm. um, aside from when they were closed down, was in the review of Scrapland. They went for the obvious joke in their like stinger, you know, like the 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 pre-headline mm-hmm. for the review, which was just crapland. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: not very good.
0: Yeah. It's like yeah. Hot, it's like a little bit of a spinal tap thing shark sandwich shit sandwich but uh yeah. yeah i don't know uh no no but fatal frame i've played 2 and that was uh exquisite uh but i i haven't played 1 or 2 1 or 3 even mm-hmm. though i own them and um that's part of what the hex Crank project is supposed to be about if i ever get a moment edgewise um, to, to, to do more assignment play, um, but, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where um, most survival horror games that you see are kind of based around, like, the psychological element or a biological element, and never, never too much around, like, this, you know, strictly spiritual, like, ghost kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not the kind of person who, who finds ghost stories especially scary, um, but I've heard compelling cases made uh, around why they why that works in these. And so, like, as a series, I wish I could take more of a deep dive into them, but, you know, just time being both finite and linear, um, never had the opportunity to do it.
1: Yeah, I, I'm similar. Like, I've heard really good things about those games, and then I'm also not scared by ghost stories. But that also plays back into Resident Evil 4, which is going to have ghosts. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the original version but yeah, I I, I could definitely see that, and and that's one of the things I like about you doing that blog is eventually you'll play those, and I'll just read to you doing it. <laughs> yeah.
0: So God, I just was with with some of the schedule changes we've been making, we've been making, it's actually going to be feasible for me to like fit some more of those in. I need I need to uh I might do a uh I'm gonna try and do a video entry about Project Firestart, mm. cool. and just see how see how that works. I just want to uh, play around with some stuff. Um. Yeah, I really miss that. I miss that a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah it's, hard. it's hard to make time.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I feel like a rock star every time I pronounce this guy's name correctly, so hopefully I do it. Uh, Martin Pizanchin, uh writes in, after a five-year console hiatus, I've just bought an Xbox One. I picked up uh, Sunset Overdrive and Assassin's Creed Unity with the bundle. What game would you pick up next? Uh, I'm not big into multiplayer, so single-player experience is my bag, baby. Yeah, baby. Yes. He actually writes that in. I didn't oh, I, I didn't put any words into his mouth. <laughs> the uh Yeah, I don't know. He play D 4 man. Play hey, play, play D four. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that would just be idling like idly like blog checking on Amazon uh to see how much those things cost. may have dipped down close to like 300 bucks uh, just to play D4 and if I wasn't positive that there was going to be some kind of PC release because I don't want the connect bullshit I just want to be able to play this crazy deadly premonition story Um, Mm -hmm. but uh, that is a compelling case Um, yeah I desperately want to play that game very very badly
1: I I have no answers for you I I don't know very many Xbox One exclusives
0: um, if any assume he doesn't have a, a gaming PC
1: Okay. Um yeah, as far as
0: like I yeah, I don't know,
1: even then. Like I haven't played a new PC game i liked in a while either. Like a current gen PC game. Lords of the know? Fallen? Lords of the Fallen is fun. If you haven't like um you know, if you haven't played uh if you like the Dark Souls games. Lords of the Fallen is good. Um that's fun. Uh yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm bad with uh with newer games. So I don't know. I'm gonna like I said like I'm gonna get that PS4 and just play. Like, Bloodborne, like, there's a couple things that are mildly interesting, but, like, I just don't... I don't want this whole show, this entire, podcast, just when it's just the two of us to become, like, we don't have time, and that's literally all it is. Uh-huh. I, won't, I won't say what I was going to say out loud.
0: <laughs> that's perfectly fine.
1: I, I don't play tons of new games. For reasons yeah. that will remain mysterious. And I
0: won't, <laughs> yeah. I won't them, so. For reasons that, you know, you have alluded to by saying the exact thing yeah, that you don't want to say.
1: Well, and when I do play new games, I play new portable games more, like I like the the 3DS, like and you know I, that's probably my favorite system that I have right now, other than my PC. Like that's great. There are tons of really cool games on that, yeah. both downloadable and and just in in package.
0: So, yeah. Check out D4 and uh, uh, respond with how good that is. Uh, I know that Allison Baker, our uh, super fan, uh, really likes it. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to go to one from the comments. Um, Yeah. (laughs) This actually is a nice segue. Uh, So Alan Del Rio asks, I'm carefully crafting this question so as not to sound cheap. I'm what people term a patient gamer. I don't buy any new releases and have never pre-ordered any game. I usually lag about a generation behind, picking up the cream of the old games for a more reasonable price while missing out on the new hotness. Uh, This is uh, partially would endear me to WAF. what are your own feelings on the subject? Why do you play new games and how long do you normally wait before buying? Is buying on the day of release the norm uh, for either of you or a rare luxury
1: uh, for me it is extremely rare like I can count on just a couple of hands the number of games that I've bought on day release yeah <laughs> release I've kickstarted a few games, so I got them right when they came out um, but it is it is extremely rare. Um, because you know, eventually, everything comes to PC. On PC, games go on discount very quickly um, via Steam. You know, six months, you'll get it for 30% off, you know? Um, and I just have enough backlog. Like I, I don't get that kind of game boner, with the exception of like Fallout and Souls games. Um, and then I will buy things new when they're first party Nintendo and I want to play them, because they'll never go down in price. So like, even though it wasn't a new game, like I bought Link Between Worlds at full price, because that was the option. Um, you know, you're not going to get that discounted. But uh it's super rare for me. So you know, I, I don't really do that.
0: Buying games for full price at launch kind of seems like something that I did, you know, back in the day when I was desperate for new experiences. Um and I was desperate because I didn't have access to them. In this kind of era of the backlog apocalypse that is never ever going to be rectified, it's incredibly difficult to um, get the game boner up, and I've really come over to Gary's position. Even as recently as like last year, you know, I got like Beyond Two Souls and uh, um, Grand Theft Auto 5 um, brand new off the, you know, just Amazon pre-order. Let's just let's just do this thing, man. Sign me up. Um, but you know, I guess that wasn't last year. That was like the year before. Fuck, time yeah. is meaningless. <laughs> but <laughs> like last year I got this gaming PC and it was like, yeah, I'll just plug this into my, you know, my, my living room television, um, like a console and just rock out on that for a little while. And as a result, I've spent far, far less money on video games. And I think that I've put in even more time on games than I have even, even in the past. Um, so I, I think that, you know, Alan, what you're getting into is, you know, at least at least from our our perspective the 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 new model and it might be why AAA is collapsing and if that is the case then you know AAA's collapse is probably you know somewhat deserved um to a certain extent just because they haven't haven't earned the justification for their existence in the face of all of the great options that exist uh, outside of them
1: yeah it it's pretty it's getting increasingly outmoded, at least in my eyes. And, like, I, I think you're making the smart decision because ultimately you're going to save money. There are... The, the comfort of becoming painfully aware of your impending death means that, you know, there's always going to be stuff out there. Like, hell have you played Shovel Knight? Because if not, that's a good seven-hour amazing game that you can get for cheap that you can play right now that's already out. Mm-hmm. Like, did you end up catching Shadow and Returns? That's real good. I can Right now I can probably name ten games from the last year that, like, are worth your time, and if you haven't played those, you can probably wait until the new hotness goes down in price, you know, to pick it up. And you're you're just as enriched. Like, the part you miss out on is being part of the conversation if you want that, and avoid spoilers, which, like, I can see, but the nice corollary is with one, um, spoilers tend, you know, like, that's been scientifically proven, spoilers don't matter that much. Two, in most, like, big AAA games, like, I don't think, I think it's pretty common that, like, they don't Like, people don't even seem to care that often. Like, it's very rare that I see somebody who's just like, man, I don't want to have the Borderlands, the pre-sequel spoiled for me, you know? Like, they're like, I'll pick it up when it comes out. Like, I don't feel like that's really a thing. You know, and they'll listen to podcasts where people on podcasts talk about it, but they're not going to say, like, oh, in the end, it was the robot who was the killer. Um, You know, they're not going to give away anything major, so it's, like, I don't mind missing out on that conversation. If you do, though, like, I can imagine people being frustrated, um, looking at something awful podcast thread and people uh, kind of grousing about a Giant Bombcast and how they talked about Destiny for like 10 weeks in a row. I don't give a fuck about Destiny. Um, so I could see being like this is going to take up a lot of my listening space. You know, so me being kind of not into current stuff also closes off a big bunch of gaming podcasts and stuff to me too. And websites I don't read everything, but that's, I don't feel important by that. I don't feel reduced or diminished important Important. I was gonna say enriched, but I was, okay. was the opposite of enriched. Um, imported.
0: Can uh, can can you elaborate? Because I've 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 read that article about the about the spoilers, but can you can you elaborate on the uh, uh, scientifically proven spoilers don't matter kind of thing? It
1: doesn't, it doesn't impact people's enjoyment. Like they did test where people experienced a piece of media and one they were told the twist at the end and one they weren't, and people who were told the twist don't report uh, reduced levels of of enjoyment or appreciation of the media. Which, like, I know for me, like, I I don't want to know how things end a lot of the time. You know, I think that they probably do for me, but, like, what we consider a spoiler is a weird, slippery slope. You know, like, you can want... Like, there's one thing about not knowing that uh, uh, Bruce Willis is the ghost. It's another thing to not know that, like, this is a ghost, or this is a a story about a kid who can see dead, you know, who can see dead people. You know, like, the the premise is not a spoiler, and that's all you're really going to get in games media if you're not part of the current conversation.
0: Yeah. I give uh, I give Ben shit about that on the level, actually.
1: <laughs> what is it? In what way?
0: Uh, oh, just uh, just because we will mention something that happens, uh, let's say, like, two, three hours into a game, and he'll go, uh... Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, let's have a conversation about this. And I, I fully respect his, you know, if it's something he has not played that he intends to play, it's mm. kind of like, okay, cool. Like like for you personally, I will I will not do this. If it's something he has played that he's trying to protect people from, it's a little bit, you know, like,
1: it, yeah, like two or three hours in, you know. Like to me, those those kind of spoilers help. Like if I know something cool is going to happen a couple hours in, mm-hmm. you know, and, and knowing it happens isn't the same thing as experiencing it. Like you're going to experience it different because it's an interactive medium. Um, so it's good. Like the only thing that I'm sensitive about spoilers with are soul games. Um and again, that's because like that initial, that first blush is really important to me personally and then also for the show. You know?
0: Yeah. Think about, uh, like, Little Inferno um, just as kind of this weird little bottle example. Mm -hmm. Would you have been as excited about playing it if you knew it had a turn? um, Neglecting knowing exactly what that turn is?
1: I I think I would have been okay knowing that something, there was more to it. I think that, like, saying there's more to this game um, can a lot of times be like something to get somebody to play it. You know, like I would never have played Spec Ops if I didn't know there was more to it. Like if I just looked at the marketing and looked at the first couple levels, I wouldn't have kept with it. You know, someone said there's more to it. And I think that's fine. If they would have said exactly what happened, I would have been bummed out. And same thing with Little Inferno.
0: So. Yeah yeah so I mean, kind of like keep on keeping on, like even if you are you know waiting a couple of months, like I think that for a lot of the games that are coming out now, like forty dollars is the sweet spot, like this past fall, I like cleaned house on the winter sales for steam, yeah. like I got shadow of Mordor, I got you know the evil within et cetera et cetera, for like somewhere between twenty and thirty dollars a piece, which is just. Yeah, you know, the like the weird way that psychology informs personal economics and personal finance is Like, I am comfortable spending that amount of money on 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 an entertainment product.
1: They're, they're uh, half off, and those games are really new, you know, yeah.
0: um
1: The what Cole is obliquely referring to as little inferno is the part where you have to put a bunch of civilians into the little inferno, <laughs> and then the game spends the rest of the time making you feel bad about the <laughs> civilians inside your little
0: inferno. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like,
0: ah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> little civilians on fire run around and just catch other stuff on
1: fire. Yeah, you you take uh, when you do it, you get the achievement friendly fire, and then uh, if you burn them <laughs> along with like a little flag, you get a little. uh, uh I don't know. I can't complete that joke. <laughs> I ran <laughs> out of uh, ran out of improvisational tributaries. That.
0: That's fine. So if you see me writing stuff down during these, that um, is because yeah. I'm. Copying down titles, yeah, as so I often do. So, so there we go. Friendly fire. Will that be the title? Who knows.
1: Little Inferno Two. Friendly fire is a good, a good title for that, for that game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh man, that's kind of a good, uh, a good question. Best flamethrowers in video games. Hmm. I don't know that there's ever been one. Like it's been really difficult. Like Far Cry Two, maybe. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're not
1: they're not great. Uh, they tend to be one of my favorite. Um, Aaron Signal, who's a guy, a YouTuber I like a lot, in his video explaining why Deus Ex Two is not very good, even though I'm, like a Deus Ex Two kind of apologist, um, keep showing the footage over and over of somebody burning alive, and they're like <laughs> setting themselves on fire at a garbage trash like a trash fire, and then just running around going, "I'm burning, I'm bur- I'm toast, I'm burning." He's just yelling that out, throwing arms up in the air like a muppet. It's really ridiculous. The video is worth watching just for that. <laughs> um.
0: Oh man, that's uh, that game's on sale right now. Should I get it?
1: Yeah, I think you'll find things to appreciate about it. It's really flawed, um, but it there are things to like about it. Like it, it does the the Deus Ex thing where it's like you're in a big hub world where you can break into apartments and stuff that don't seem plot relevant that tell you little stories, which I love. Um, and the actual macro plot of it is pretty good. Um, the real, the only things that I think really damn it, are, and this is, it's not me uh, being a PC fanboy, is, like, are the concessions they made for console, you yeah. know, are not are not great, mostly in small areas, like uh, lots of loading screens in kind of small areas, but they go pretty quick on a modern computer. Um, I think Deus Ex 2 is worth playing. Out of the games in the series, it's the worst one, but it's still a good game.
0: Let's see here. Uh, continuing from the comments, David Petroko writes in, You mentioned at the beginning of the second season of Bonfireside Chat that you felt compelled to rush through your first playthrough of Dark Souls 2 to prepare for the show, and I was curious as to know why. The first three episodes were an intro and then things betwixt Slash Majula and its extrasode, and not getting into a real content area until the Forest of Fallen Giants in week four. Obviously, the boss of this area has a callback much later in the game, but I feel uh, that still would have gotten you almost a month ahead, uh, a month instead of the week that you beat it in. I love the podcast and feel bad uh, uh, for you that your first experience had to be so rushed when I feel like you didn't actually need a full knowledge of the game until later on. P.S. Looking forward to the Bloodborne season. No PS4 here, so I will be experiencing this game solely through the show. Solely. So Solely.
1: Um... The, the reason is that we don't just play through it um, because, we, one, we have to plan, and then, two, we have to book guests. Um, so knowing what the season looks like is important, too. Like, even if we had taken that month, like, when we get try to get people on the show, you know, I usually will come up with a big list of people, and then I start sending out feelers, and not everybody can do it, and some people have time concessions uh, in order to do it. So there's just kind of a lot of planning around it. Um, like, I would have mainlined the game anyway, but I felt better knowing, like being able to plan around it, um, specifically because of guests having guests on the show. If we didn't have guests on the show, we could take it at a much more leisurely pace. Um, but there is still something about being able to be authoritative, like the specific boss, uh, the end of the you know the forest of fallen giants. Like knowing that context when we talked about it, even if we didn't spoil it. Like I wanted to be able to say what that is, um, confirmed in the uh, the DLC too, which I, I like confirmed a name description so I'm happy about that like the suppositions that we made they got confirmed I was really happy about
0: um anyway. yeah it's it's strictly for planning purposes and you know I I like to think that we bring I don't know like a, a little bit of professionalism to it like to to be able to take away the like oh well I felt like I was playing this under duress but here is the the, the here are the nuts and bolts of the experience that we had um, I feel like we gain more by uh, being able to speak with the entire experience in our heads as opposed to um, kind of like following through it piecemeal um just because you know it does let us draw kind of oblique and indirect comparisons to stuff that came later
1: yeah or yeah exactly like we can we can know when things are going to to have kind of an impact and also like I wasn't going to take my time with it anyway like I was probably gonna mainline it mm-hmm. I did rush through it, um, but part of that was because I wanted to. Like it's, I wasn't under. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Like you don't have to feel bad about yeah, it. Like I would have, you know, sat down and, and poop socked it regardless. And maybe poop socked it slightly harder, uh, just because of planning for the show. But I would have just sat down and played it anyway because I'm real into those games as well as being committed because of the show.
0: Right, and you know, like I'm, I've already taken time off for Bloodborne. Mm -hmm. Like spoke with my bosses about that and stuff, and they're they're totally cool with it because they know that I have a side business, um, you know, and, you know, just that, that's important, Um, and I'm probably going to be a little bit more fast and loose, like, I'm not going to try and beat it all before the first impressions, uh, because it's first impressions, right, Mm -hmm. like, you know, we're not going to be talking about, you know, huge sweeping things in that first kind of thing anyway, that should be something that buys us time, Um, and so, you know, I think that I drove myself crazy trying to get it beaten before we, you know, did that first impressions before, and I know that I'm not going to do it now. And I think that the larger point about us, you know, whether or not we're rushing it, has more to do with whether or not the community has, uh, you know, shored up its lower suppositions and things like that, and, you know, that's the biggest difference between the Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 2 seasons is just how mature the theory is. Mm.
1: Yeah, And I, I feel good about where we landed on Dark Souls 2. It just took us a little while to get there. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's still being revised as of the day before yesterday, you know? Um, but yeah, and I probably will end up beating it, but part of the thing with a game like this that I love, like, I want to get through it once, and then I want to know every single possible thing there is to know about it. So I like beating it so I can start looking online to confirm shit I'm thinking, or find out what other people are talking about um, really badly, because, the, you know, and I, this is no... Grand Revelation, but the Souls games are real. Like getting to to, I was uh given. I was talking with uh, Vada Vidya in uh, San Francisco, and we were we were talking about how.
0: <laughs> Thank you for um, using that voice, by the way.
1: A big gigantic name dropping douchebag. The um, we were talking about how much of a process it is coming to conclusions in that game, like, and even somebody who is as masterful as he is and renowned as he is at that stuff, um it is a conversation, like you're having a conversation with everyone else who likes the stuff and with the work itself over the course of time and coming to conclusions that way. Um, so I want to be able to start that conversation as soon as possible, you know? I don't take any pride in like, oh, like in season two it was fun to have some theories that we just came up with on our own, but we had some of that in the earlier seasons too, um, especially I feel like in Demon Souls, which is not as examined as other things were. Um, but I also don't feel any shame, I want to hear what other people have to say, like I'm not batting for my Pokemon, to win the lore Olympics, like I just want, you know, I want to know what everyone has to say about this shit
0: so. Yep, yeah. and a quick yet thorough examination of the primary text can get you to that point.
1: Yeah, to you where know. like i start. I want other people's input on things, yeah. and that includes like people who listen to the show too. Like I want to be able to like, talk about it on Facebook, and I don't want to have things ruined for me because uh, you know, as per usual, like be before, like that is my the series I care about spoilers with. So I want to be able to talk to it. Uh, Talk about with you guys as well. Um, So it it, it, it's more of an advantage than a disadvantage to rush through.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know, for everybody's like reference, like we rushed through Dark Souls two, and then like we did deep dives on each of the each of the individual areas before we talked about them.
1: Yeah, so So we ended up playing it twice for the season at least. I played through that game more than more than twice, but like at least twice.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like, okay, I did the uh, the Shrine of Amana in March of 2013, and then we talked about it in, you know, right,
1: January,
0: November, right. yeah, right. like, uh, you know, it, like it was, it was fresh and just kind of like going back and reevaluating that kind of stuff. Uh, man, I come across as really defensive in this, and I'm really sorry for that, but like I'm so focused on the process of this.
1: Yeah, I don't think, I don't think you come off as defensive. Cool. But, I mean, it's, 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 you don't have to apologize to me. you got to apologize to... <laughs> uh,
0: so. Oh, those people stopped listening long ago.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, Edward B. Uh, writes in, uh, What's your dream lineup for Netflix's upcoming Zelda TV show, assuming they go for an all-celebrity chef cast?
1: <laughs> That's a very funny question. Um, Guy Fury and Girl Fury as the leads. <laughs> Let's um, yeah, get to Alvin that. Alvin Brown yeah. is <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna go. Yeah. all Brian Stingle. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's pretty good too, because he has a Lucifer figure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's get uh Gordon Ramsay. I think is a more as a as a better uh, uh, Ganondorf figure. Yeah, yeah, Ganondorf. Ganondorf Ramsay.
1: <laughs> yeah, Ganondorf Ramsay. <laughs> uh,
0: Gordon Dorf. Yeah. Uh, so here's the thing that I've learned um, just in the past, let's say like eighteen months. If you're going to watch any kind of like reality television show, watch the version that isn't produced in America. Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to watch like uh, um, Kitchen Nightmares, like the Britain version is so much more like constructive and like, here's the way this business is failing and here's what they're doing and like, let's get in here. And the American version is like, dun dun don't. Dun. Yeah. <laughs> right. Same thing with uh with uh, Shark Tank versus Dragons Den. We talked about that a while ago. I fucking love the Canadian version of it. so goddamn much. Uh but the American version is just horseshit because Mark Cuban is in there on ranting it up. Um <laughs> the uh
1: you know what what is the uh, inversion of that though is the Canadian version of Chopped is really bad.
0: <laughs> I don't know what Chopped is.
1: Uh, Chopped is a reality show, rally cooking show where uh, you don't know what you get. You do three meals, and you don't know what ingredients you get. You have four random ingredients, and you have to incorporate them all. Um, and in the Canadian version, the production values are lower, which is fine. But they're just—it's grosser. Like everyone seems like they are worse at it, and it's <laughs> like—and—and the ingredients are more Canadian. It's like, you know, vanilla vanilla yogurt and canned salmon. Like there are multiple just like canned fish things, I and mean,
0: it's just—I don't <laughs> It's like the world of dishonored.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a candied eel and vanilla yogurt. Like, fucking disgusting. Um, yeah. So the Canadian version of that show is worse than the American version of Chopped. But Chopped is pretty pretty tasteful as it is.
0: Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, so the Zelda <laughs> series, this was just announced today, and I was just... just
1: oh. Yeah, it's dumb. It's a bad idea.
0: That's a really bad idea.
1: It, it also is like, it's a bad idea, even if it didn't have Zelda attached to it. It's like doing a, a family-friendly-esque Game of Thrones thing. And I've only watched the first season of Game of Thrones, but from my limited understanding, the things that make that property special are the things that make it not family-friendly. You know, like, I don't think you can really do, like, a warm-hearted, family-friendly Game of Thrones and have it still work. You know, because you need that unpredictability of, like, anybody could be a shigil or anybody could die. Yeah. And that's not particularly family-friendly.
0: Who's going to fuck who?
1: Yeah, ex- exactly. Is it going to be uh, the happy mask salesman on the Goron? Like, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Wear my yeah. mask while well, you fuck me. Wear my mask while well, you fuck me. Uh,
0: <laughs> Do you like that mask? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you heard of Tingle in the news? Yeah. <laughs> hey Gannon, look. Yeah. The uh new business card. The, yeah. um, um so yeah, this is I mean it's it's really it's really really dumb and like I've I've, man I don't mean to throw shade at people who may be on Facebook or not but man don't don't talk about this like it's like gonna make your year
1: yeah you're gonna get disappointed at, yeah. at, the, at the so this is even putting aside the fact that you I feel like you should you know approach this with skepticism because it'll be bad even if it's not bad it's not gonna make your year I don't think yeah. like it's just like what, what precedence is there for anyone to think this is gonna be good Netflix yeah. original series nope um, you know, <laughs> you know properties based on, on video games? Nope. nope. Um, you know, ways that Zelda's been a- adapted? No. Um, none of these things lead me to have any kind of hope. Or, I'll, I'll go out on them and say, storylines in Zelda games? No. Like, that's not what the strength of that series. Like, there is literally nothing about this that lends itself to a, a syndicated program.
0: Do a Twin Peaks-style ex- exploration of the Majora's Mask world, which is the most like melancholy, like, you're going around fixing these townspeople's problems. Yeah. And maybe yeah. I'll pay attention just a little bit, but they're not going to oh, go oh, that God. weird. Yeah, yeah
1: it's it, it's like gonna... Super trippy Link's Awakening, like, dream sequence. Like, it needs to have David Lynch attached. Or <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it's not going to be any good. Yeah. David Lynch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> David Lynch. <laughs> So so here's something that I'm noticing because when I talk I see myself and I don't I don't see that uh you know that that doesn't happen for us when when we record. My my my, my MO for laughing is to like JFK it, like back into the left. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm just I'm sorry, I just bring it this up for uh, as a special for people who are watching this on video.
1: Well, people are I, right. Right. You can imagine Cole's head going back into the left. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, uh, it's kind of like, man, I do that a lot, don't I? It's like ha <laughs> it's okay it's no, good, it's to, it's good to, to, to theater
1: laugh from time to time
0: <laughs> theater laugh, <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know, like it's uh it's interesting, I'm gonna be curious to see how what's what what particular flavor of failure this has, yeah, because it like to like to me it seems incredibly cynical, like it's bound to get people to watch it, but like. When you have something like, you know, Netflix original content and stuff, um, the way that seems to, you know, live or die is by, like, social media branding awareness and stuff like that that drives the numbers. Like, they're really, you know, able to track where that stuff comes from and goes to. And so, like, that's why stuff like Orange is the New Black and House of Cards, like, lives or dies is because of that, like, binge kind of appeal. And this has... I think, far less, you know, mainstream appeal than even those things do. I,
1: I also think that if this is successful, like, if this ends up being a good show, it will be because of it not being a Zelda show. Like, the elements of, like, this, they could just make a good medieval fantasy show. Mm-hmm. It's going to have very superficial Zelda elements to it, which is fine, I guess, but it's not, it's one of those things where the two properties are not in service to each other. Like, the medium and the property are not in service to each other.
0: Yeah the uh the family friendliness actually i think um will be the biggest thing that it lives or dies on though yeah honestly is like okay is this something that parents feel comfortable sharing with their kids especially parents our ages um like oh hey here, zelda i love this you like this too because i'm desperately trying to make you into a miniature version of me <laughs> right <laughs> right
1: and out of every nintendo property it's kind of one of the i mean metro to be worse but like The way to make a TV show out of a Nintendo property now would be to probably do Mario and go real bonkers Adventure Time with it. Like, take advantage of the fact, like, this is a universe where anything can happen and things are real weird, and just make it funny. Like, don't try to do a drama based on it because Nintendo does is really bad at dramas. um, For the most, you know, for the most part. Um, Yeah. So yeah, I just I can't see it being because it's going to be serious. You know, like, what is that even gonna? I, I can't imagine it. I can't imagine it being good. See, you...
0: real quick Gary tell me what was the name of the princess of low rule in uh, Link, uh, Link oh uh, Hilda Hilda? okay cool oh, All right, no. I was expecting you not to know I was trying to get you into a trick question because oh, no. of all the amazing things about that wonderful delightful game like yeah. the story was alright but like
1: eh. I, kinda, I, was, I was kind of into the idea of like um, you know like oh this is uh, what would it be like to live in that world you know, and it turned term- making her kind of desperate. Um, but then her villain turn at the end was a little like, I guess that is a spoiler, that's significant. Sorry. And there's no way to take it back because it's life. Um But it, it felt a little bit. Um, it's
0: telegraphed like crazy, it's though. Really
1: telegraphed? Yeah, it's it's really telegraphed, but then also the way it was executed didn't have enough subtlety for me. Like, she, she went from zero, like, she went from, like, you know, idling at villainy to, like, 60 miles per hour villainy, which I much would have, you know, preferred her to be at, like, 30 miles per hour villainy, you know.
0: Yeah. So a gradual ramp up to to, to to crazitude. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, Brayden writes in
1: He's saying, us, "What are, what are what saying?" or no What's that? Is he gonna answer our question? when we're like, "I wish he had given us an example of that thing."
0: Uh no no he's uh he he's he, he's completely changing tracks here it is something that we covered the le- on the on uh, the level here recently uh just this week uh what are some of your favorite names for video games maybe not the games themselves just cool names like phalanx covenant
1: A <laughs> cool name for a bad x-men crossover there's a game on steam right now called crown takers which i think <laughs> is very funny <laughs> like you know you know Punch throwers, like it's just like noun doers. Is it's a very funny name or whatever that's actually referring to? Crown takers. <laughs> the,
0: uh, the 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 game that was the, uh, the 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 impetus for this conversation on the level is Grim Fandango, mm. um, which I think is just a it's it's a it's a wonderful name, both just from a like oh here are some sounds that sound good together. <laughs> um kind of kind of perspective but also- des- a description of what happens into it uh it's it's incredibly apt but uh- n- nothing as uh, as terrible as takers. yeah the
1: crown takers look out it's the <laughs> throat punchers yeah yeah I think is was really good that's a a really catchy phrase i think yeah
0: um yeah. i like f t l because it's a, an an initialism mm hmm um, uh, and just uh, it's, it's simplicity really appeals to me in, in a lot of in a lot of regards. Um, when people were writing in, they really talk sugar about demons' souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, just okay. the, the mm-hmm. fact that they throw that apostrophe in there, which immediately led to the full title of uh, Barkley uh shut up and jam Gaiden.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the sequel, which name I cannot remember right now. Yep. It has a lot more cumbersome name. Like I, it's more like I know what ga- what names I really dislike, which are the ones that are super teflon and you can't. Like, this could be anything.
0: Or is it The Fallen?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, that could be literally anything. Um, you know, and that's one of the things that's nice about FTL, because Faster Than Light could be, like, a 4X exploration game or anything like that. But, like, FTL reads a little bit more unique, which I like.
0: Yeah. That's um, my favorite, like, modern example of a, of a thing.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go with Crown Takers.
0: So, <laughs> Crown Takers. The Crown Takers. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, we have Brett Buradel uh, writing in, I think, all the way from Australia. Hey, Brett. Um, hey, Brett. Yeah, thank you. Um, it is it is morning time. You're, <laughs> where, where, where Whereabouts you're at? Uh, let's see here. Can you guys talk a little bit about your experience when you were growing your first beard? My 19-year-old cousin had a patchy uh, first try going for a month or so uh, now, which is completely different than my experience, and he's had some hilarious question. Um hmm. Let me see here. Were you guys young beard growers, uh, or was a concerted effort, or was it a concerted effort? And when did that happen? It's a good question. Yeah, um, I was. I was a Van Dyke man in high school.
1: Because mm. um, I didn't have a, like a full, like I didn't have full cheekage, um, so I used to do. And that was like when I worked shitty jobs where I couldn't have a full beard. I've done like Van Dyke before. Um, which isn't my favorite thing, but I don't like how my face looks bare. So, um, But yeah, it's pretty easy for me. Shortly after high school, I was able to grow a beard and went bearded for a long time and occasionally would do dumb experimental things like, let's have mutton chops for a little bit because who gives a shit because I'm in my early 20s. Um, or like, let's do big, you know, young sideburns or something like that because um, shaving away from a beard is really easy and fun. Um, so I don't have any tips. It just kind of came naturally to me. Um, I don't know if there are tips. Um, I don't like I can say that I don't like the beard that hugs the jawline. I think that's one of the worst things you can do. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, you're not, you're not doing it now. Like you don't. Yours goes further in. Like yours is a little bit more trimmed up on the neck than mine. But like the beard that like literally ties to the jawline, like the mm-hmm. banker's beard, I think that looks like absolute shit. <laughs> like I think, that, and especially if you're a man of any carriage, like that is just a way to show your neck waddle in all glory. Like it is like putting brackets and highlights around your neck fat in a way that I think is really unflattering.
0: Yeah. I, I, I just shaved shaved this actually, like or you know, trimmed it down to my usual uh level of stubble. You can actually see it. my mustache is pretty pretty bushy uh at, at this point. And you can see like right down here, like I didn't get a chance to like do a clean sweep, but yeah. My my problem is my, my beard grows like straight out perpendicular mm. and my face is already pretty round, so it actually um does like
1: this. So it looks like I a seroton? A serum. little
0: <laughs> bit, like, oh, yeah. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, and so like 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 this level of like, hmm, because because I have like uh you know if I if I just like if I had a mustache you know just just now I'd be like it's like a NASCAR fan mustache a little bit, yeah. Where it's just like wispy and whatever you know the fact that I'm dealing with blondish red hair, um makes it makes it really difficult. Um, but uh, but yeah, that was something I had to deal with here today, and so that's why I was like ah did I get it too much? No, okay, cool. Yeah, like, down there.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm just, I'm glad that you haven't done like the
0: the jawline. Oh, no, that. And also
1: be... shaving down on the cheeks, I don't care for. I think it looks
0: tends yeah, look like, overly sculpted. Like I'm yeah. I'm fine with the werewolf look, you know.
1: Yeah, it just look it looks less. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it, mostly it's because I see it mostly on fat dudes, and then like not, then it doesn't look good because you've just got kind of like pink shorn flesh like poking out between between the hair. i like I much, I think a natural look for that's significantly better. So tell tell your cousin not to not to shave to his jawline. Um, it's okay to trim up around the bottom of the neck. But don't shave your jawline, don't shave your cheeks. It would be my yeah. advice. If I had advice. Yeah.
0: Don't don't over sculpt and just you know have patience because like patchiness just arises from areas where the hair doesn't grow as quickly as it did before so if you're like fretting over it which I know is really hard not to do as Mm a you know as somebody who is like in college and this is like your prime like girl meeting years or whatever um you know it's hard not to like ride that um you know just just wait and it'll be okay
1: yeah, and honestly, it probably doesn't look as bad as you think it does. If it's like a little bit of minor patchiness, like you're looking at your own face closer than anyone else ever will. And by the time a girl is looking at your face that close, she doesn't give a shit, um, more than likely. So mm-hmm. that's been my experience, at least.
0: Yeah, I get self-conscious about mine because because it's effectively translucent to my yeah. to, to my eyesight. It's and
1: hard. So, hard. To get, yeah, like, it's hard because uh, like I'm glad that my hair is as dark as it is for beard purposes. Like lighter hair is a is a real struggle with that.
0: Yeah, and like my my beard hair is a a degree of magnitude, an order of magnitude more red than my face hair uh-huh. is, or than my, than my head hair is. Um, yeah, uh, I grew my first beard. Um, I started with like button shops in my freshman year of uh, of college, uh, just because like, hey, you know, I'm out of the house and my mom's not riding my ass anymore. <laughs> um, and then by the by the time of my uh, of my first summer after freshman year, this was like two thousand seven. I was uh, I was playing the part of a policeman in a uh, in, in a very bad musical adaptation of a like D movie. Um, so, so it was a musical adaptation of a D level horror movie called Horror High. Okay. And uh, I was playing a 70s era policeman, and so that was when I got the shag going. Um, like, and this was also like concurrent with like depression. As when my, when my depression first like set in, so it's like you know I'm not gonna like cut my hair or shave or anything. So by the time I auditioned for this part, I had like button chops down to like here, in addition to like a really shaggy, like just general whatever, because I'd shaved like three months before everything down here, and it like grew in, and my hair was like out. And it's like okay, well let's just like do this thing, um, mm-hmm. and then it was like okay, well I'll roll with this, and then it's just been kind of like indolence ever since. So I will either get a haircut or shave whenever somebody says, hey, you kinda of got that wild man look happening, don't you?
1: Yeah. Except the other name is thinking for the IT guy.
0: Yep. <laughs> so 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 yeah, like that, that's just like eventually when you stop caring or prioritizing something else, that's when a beard or the crazy hair happens and then it becomes a habit because it becomes part of your look.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like I like a beard, especially like um. Again, I keep bringing this up, but like, like a chubby dude without a beard always kind of grosses me out a little bit. Like not a mean way, but just a little bit like lips and stuff. Like I, I don't know, I'm not, I don't care for it. this. Is all internalized self loathing? No, well, self loathing is what that is. But like,
0: it's uh, uh, it's yeah. it's contrast, right? Like if you have something dark down here, like my my undercarriage on my on my jaw is a fucking horror show. Right.
1: Like, <laughs> I'm with, yeah. I'm
0: yeah. What's that?
1: I said I'm with you brother. Like I'm not throwing
0: stones. Like yeah. I also have
1: a neck waddle. and it's not my favorite thing.
0: Yeah. And so, and so it's like you know, just 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 draw it up here. And so my my battle is when it draws attention to the wideness of my face. Yeah. It's like okay, let's get it down to, you know, what is effectively just a shading on my cheeks and jaw. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you're just applying the character creation like shader to it. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. So, uh, the, the, the the trick for a good beard is just wait. Don't, don't over-trim, and uh, you know what? Just be yourself, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it gets better. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
0: uh, <sighs> man, oh man. Uh, yeah, so why don't we do another Brett one, because it's here at the top. Who edited the Jet Set Radio Lab intro for WAF? That was one of my favorite skits you've ever done. I was laughing with headphones on in the groceries. Also, I'm not in Australia. I know you from <laughs> Illinois Gary uh but thanks oh, for the I, shout out.
1: I, I apologize Brett. Like, Well, for one so just to be fair I know you Brett Cole said you were from Australia and I thought you were another guy named Brett who yeah, to the show I forgot your name. That's but my
0: sorry. You problem. are the Brett
1: sorry. who is in Secrets of stylish women and uh, it's a trap and I do remember you so I apologize for that. Mm-hmm. Um so don't don't think that I don't I don't remember you. So
0: I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah I'm sorry I'm sorry for because we do have multiple Brett's. in black Yeah it's,
1: it's, just, it's just a crisis of infinite Brett's. it's not personal to you, Brett Burdell. Uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was me who did that, uh, mm-hmm.
0: who did that. Gary wrote that. Gary edited it, and it was magnificent. Um, I think that... Uh, we, I, I would like to make it very clear that that comes from a place of love for what Radiolab used to be.
1: Yes. Yeah, I, I wanted to make fun of Radiolab. I originally wanted to do it in pilot season, because the main thing I wanted to catch up on is their dumb roller coaster antics of just, like... Then it was good, then it was bad. Then it was good, then it was bad. Which is exemplified in that like six months, three weeks, two hours, 24, seven days, you know, whatever that one is uh, called. The one about the, the child right on the edge of being abortable um, or being viable. Um, where that episode is meant to be really, really sad, but literally is one of the most manipulative hours of like audio I've heard and really kind of made me mad. And uh, that's what I was reacting to yeah. with that and then also like you know radio radio radio, radio lab like it's just portmanteauism, you know so a lot of the sketches for the show just come from us bashing two things together that don't necessarily like work together you know like the same thing with the um metal gear the home improvement metal gear one um, <laughs> which is literally just the uh the the snake kind of sounding like huh? like just having the same on uh, that's all there was to it yep like, i think that's literally the impetus behind that
0: yeah so, so the hack to knowing who, like who edited what, is that we alternate. So, if you have this touchstone right now, you can actually know, like, okay, Cole's going to do the next one, then Gary's going to do the next one. There are very few times where we deviate from that.
1: Yeah, we switched a couple of times, but it's yeah. it's pretty rare. And usually, when we switch, it Cole takes it on. Like, it's rare that I do one of Cole's, um, and that's usually because it's either like an idea he really wants to do. So, I think the, um, for example, the um, the I have no mouth and I must scream. One was like when the Cole wrote him on and wanted to felt really good about editing. Or it'll become like a time thing, um, which seems ridiculous given that like Cole's busier than I am. But if specifically if I can't do a thing, you know, or if it's a, like, or like if if you suggest something that's very production heavy, and you're just like this is gonna take forever, and I don't want to, you know, imply it, but I really want to do it. But for the most part, we we just alternate. Yeah, it's
0: it's it's really fast and loose. But Gary did that, and uh, the like that was an amazing one. <laughs> like you did yeah, you did such a good job of mimicking their uh, their, their production tricks. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. And, it was uh, it
1: was it was fun
0: to do. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, we uh, I don't know. Like, watch out. I'm Gary. Can I say this? Watch out for WAF tracks. Oh yeah, yeah, we should do that at some point. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> it's like, wait a minute. All these Kickstarter backers. I thought they like dropped that. Yeah. Let's do
1: that again. I, that that's just again again time. I I okay. never want to say it again. I'm gonna give myself a month where I can't complain about not having. Enough time to do something anymore because yeah. I'm getting bored with myself saying, it. Um, yeah. "But that is what happened." But we are going to get on that.
0: Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Let's uh let's get that on the schedule.
1: Yeah, mean We have an easy slate right now of games. I feel like. Yeah. Um, other than like Lords of the Fallen, but like <laughs> really, uh, yeah, and well, Bloodborne, but Bloodborne's not out for a while. Like, when does when does that drop?
0: Uh, like, March the twenty fourth.
1: Yeah, so we've we've got well over a month and a half. You know, we've got like about a month and a half. Before that comes out, we got some time.
0: Yeah. You know, so. Cool. Uh, Brett writes in saying, I know, it's all gravy. Uh, thanks, <laughs> He yeah. didn't take it hard. That's good. Um, yeah, really sorry about that. I'm, I'm so embarrassed when I get people mixed up. Um, Noah DiBiase, um, I'm so sorry if, if I mispronounced your name. Where it's in saying, in the past few years, gaming podcasts have had a lot of great discussions on artistic morality. Uh, what do devs owe to players? How to be as inclusive as possible, etc. Um, do you think this awareness is unique to the, uh, to the game com- gaming community? Why or why not?
1: It's an interesting question. I don't think it's unique. I think it has to do with how uh, old gaming is. Like We're, we're experiencing the like, gaming becoming taken seriously as an art, you know, and we're seeing it. So I, I tend to think of these uh, as a lot of growing pains. that, like these are things other mediums have settled long ago. So not unique, but maybe unique right now.
0: Yeah, like this is this is video games is time to answer these really difficult questions where they're breaking away from this, you know, kind of like niche enthusiast audience and talking about, you know, what's the future inclusion in this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I think it's an important, you know. I, obviously we've been staunch and um confrontational about our opinion that this is an important conversation to have um and very upfront with the fact that we value inclusion
1: yeah like inclusion yeah. and um and uh, in a broader sense inclusion and then rejection of art as a consumer culture or consumer based uh, thing because i don't i don't think of it that way and i don't i think that the the medium is not served by that You know, like when you talk about what game devs owe to the consumer, like um, a degree of, like a modicum of inclusivity is something that I think we will come to expect. I don't want to see tokenism in things any more than anyone else does. Um, But when people are complaining about that, they're not saying like, hey, you know, this never happens. They're saying that the overwhelming majority you know, like, I just want to become, like, it's not like every game needs to mandatorily have, like, a gay character in it or a trans character in it or anything like that. Like, I, nobody wants that. Right. Um, it's just the fact that you spend so much time playing as white shootmans that it is, you know, it's like when people complain about this, I know the person who's asking this isn't, but, like, somebody on Twitter was yelling at me about it. Um, it's like they don't understand trends. Like, they don't understand that something could be, it can be an issue that something is, major you know, true for the majority, and that could be why people are upset. It doesn't have to be like, oh, this is all this. You know. It doesn't have to be such extremes, I guess. So like people my I kinda lost my premise. <laughs> yeah, but when people are saying um you know, oh you just want to have it be mandatory that, you know, we have this inclusivity. Like, no, nobody's saying that. You can make a story about a dude. Um, it's just the fact that like ninety percent of stories are about a dude. And you can say like, oh, beyond good and evil, oh you can play a girl in Dragon Age, like it doesn't matter. Like it's still you know, I could take a dartboard and pick, you know find nine or ten games where, you know, it's exclusively dude, 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 dude. And there aren't any, like, you know, characters of any kind of significant minority in them. You know, and that's the problem. It's the it's by degrees. It's not about a binary.
0: Yeah, when somebody brings up, like, Beyond Good and Evil or, you know, Dragon Age or whatever, like, both of those are laudable examples, but they're also anecdotal. Yeah. Right, yeah. and you have to treat all of that exactly the same, no matter you know, what your conviction is, it only holds up when it's most inconvenient to you. Right. Right? And so, you know, like anecdotal evidence, no matter, you know, like to say, yes, we've won. No, not the case. Like it needs to be, you know, statistically representative of what it is and, you know, most of all appropriate. Right. You know, to, 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 to to where it's at. So like like a Twine game that I'm playing now. Um, uh, twine, yeah, fucking hipster that I am. Uh, terror aboard the Speedwell. It's like, yeah, it has a female character, and it's very upfront about that. Um, that doesn't fix anything, you know, broader with the industry, but, like, it is a small incremental step. And I think that, you know, ultimately, like, when you're talking about podcasts, and, you know, we're a part of that, and, you know, other our, our friends are a part of that, it ultimately comes down to, you know, how much are you supporting a version of this world that, you know, hurts a certain number of people, right? Right. Or, you know, even if it's inadvertent, even if you don't, like, recognize that it's a thing, um, you know, yeah.
1: It, it's, a, it's a real, it is a really important thing. Like, there's, um, I was talking about it on Twitter over the last weekend. The guy who made The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, which is a game I really wanted to play, um, uh, kind of came out as a big piece of shit on Twitter, which is a real bummer because I was interested in his game and like I want to be mindful of who I support. But reading his timeline where it was just like him and uh Total Biscuit, who is a, a wanker, um, just kind of like jerking off into each other's hair, you know, bad mouthing Anita Sarkeesian, the way they were doing it that was so infuriating to me was that people were challenge people who had respect for the Ethan Carter guy were challenging him and saying like, man, she's not saying that you can never have another prostitute in a game. You know, they were pointing out, like, he was, it seemed like he was, like, having the revelation put in front of him. Like, no one is saying, this isn't censorship, no one is saying you can't do this. And he was just, like, literally, like, lol at the person. Like, didn't even respond to it. It was just, like, it made no sense to me. Like, saying that this is a trend and it's worth examining is not the same thing as saying you can never do it.
0: Right.
1: Um, and I was just, it was amazing to somebody who is so well regarded and people love that game and it's, by all accounts, very, like, smartly written. It can be that dense. Um, and not understand that like a criticism of a thing is like what I mean, what does he think is gonna happen? You know? It's I like, you said this and it's like if you're afraid people are gonna take your games away, you deserve it. Um and the reason why that statement holds up is because obviously no one deserves to have their games taken away, because that will never happen. Like nobody can do that. Like it's just <laughs> right. never gonna, like it's it's ludicrous and the fact that you're considering it means you're an idiot.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll take a gentler stance and say that you know if you hear you know if if, you, if your sense is that the 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 discourse is ahead of you on the progressive curve, you know. There, there, there's a thing in like Buddhism that says if you're off the path all you have to do is step on the path you can catch up like everything wow. that challenges your view of the world just encourages you to you know step on and get better as a person like no matter what if it's there and you know like that that's just a criticism of the thing you were not the thing you are
1: and you and know? even if you decide to reject it and just be like no I'm just gonna play the games that I want to play mm-hmm. okay yeah, You know, like, it's it doesn't, you know, nobody, like, those things don't not exist now. Like, it's not like you're they're in danger of going. If somebody is, if a critic is saying, like, hey, these are sexist things, um, one, it's weird that you're personally offended by that. But two, if you are, then just let them say it and then just play the games you yeah. want to play. You know, I just, I don't, uh, man, I don't get it. Like, some guy, um, a guy, like, was yelling at me on Twitter and being, like, super insulting uh, over the weekend about this stuff. And, like, for one, like, if, you know, for God's sakes, like, send an email or something like that. Like, you don't need to, like, you know, call me out in public for that. But two, it was, like, it was weird because he was, like, you've just been making these jabs forever against, And it's, like, it just blows my mind that he felt like I was personally calling him out. No. You know, like, any of the, like, the gamer rhetoric stuff, like, the gamers are dead stuff. Like, I didn't feel, like, when people are, like, gamers are sexist. Like, I know that I am not sexist. You know, like, I don't feel sexist based on that. Like, I don't. I mean, this is an old conversation we've had a million times, but I don't (laughs) tie that much of my identity up into it, and I would encourage anyone to do the same. Um, It is not healthy to do so.
0: It's not healthy to take shelter in the version of you that the people you perceive that are attacking you are creating.
1: Yes. Right. It would be, if you know that you are not, like, if you feel like you're not sexist and you just like playing Duke Nukem, then just Mm -hmm. be like, all right, this is a critic who thinks this is true, She's mm-hmm. probably got some points that a lot of games are really sexist. It doesn't really bother me, though, and I'm going to keep yeah. playing Duke Nukem, and that's, you know, no one's going to stop you. No one can stop you. Yeah. You know? Who gives a shit?
0: Um, yeah, what? and, you, you know, like, it is, this is going to be intensely personal here. I've accepted that I have you know, some, some sexist and racist leanings. Mm-hmm. Like, just as a person who has the background that I have. And, you know, it, it becomes difficult you know, looking, you know, <laughs> with, with 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 the with the nature of the discourse, you know, knowing that I want to get better and be aware of those kind of things, and so it's like, do I enjoy playing Grand Theft Auto Five? Mm-hmm. You know, with those problems very much, you know, in the forefront of my mind is like, I desperately want to try and get better at this because I want to be as good of a person as I can possibly be.
1: Right, and not because of the outside pressure. It's just like right. that is what you think is good, and also. If you enjoy it, it's okay for you to enjoy it and still recognize the problems. Yeah. Like and, it's not, you know, I like this thing about this, I don't like this other thing about it.
0: Yeah. You you, you you can compartmentalize it. Like, I like this game, especially the PS4 version version. Dear God, that first person mode. Like, because it is a crime movie, which I've always loved. Like these heists are fantastic, but I can reject this other thing. Like, you know, you can have this switch in your mind where you're appreciating something holistically versus, you know, appreciating something or, you know, just for, for for the thing that it does well that speaks to you.
1: Right, right. And then it gets a little bit tricky when you start thinking of that in terms of support. You know, like, wh- who you're supporting with, a thing like that, but right. at the same time, having that dissonance, like, I, you know, having a tiny amount of hypocrisy doesn't invalidate you as a person. Right. Um, as long as you are fine owning up to it. Yeah. You know? And then that's, I think that's something that people would do well to to internalize. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Anyway, like, I got into it, I was talking about it, again, just on Twitter, um, <laughs> about uh, the idea of saying something as crazy or insane as an ableist slur. Mm-hmm. And, like, that is an opinion that has come around. I don't know where I'm going to land on it. That might be where I have to draw the, like, that might be where I draw the line because I can't, i have a really hard time not saying it. Any alternative doesn't sound as good. Um, I don't want to offend anybody and I do believe that like my my choice to say that is not more important than they're being hurt by me saying it, if people yeah. are genuinely hurt. Um, so I'll try and keep it in mind. I can't make any guarantees I'm going to fuck up, but I'm also just knowledgeable about that. Yeah. You know? And as long as I'm upfront about it, I think it's okay. Yeah. And then if someone is like, Hey, if you use this, you're a shitty person, like I don't feel I know I'm not shitty. Mm-hmm. You know like if somebody said that that's fine, that's what they think. you know if they think anybody says that and they want to dismiss me a whole cloth because of that, um, that's okay. like it doesn't uh it doesn't offend me. I don't feel personally called out by that.
0: yeah so. yeah it's it's just it, it it's hard, and I think that I think that it's it is is i oh mean the more the more that I grow up, just mindfulness is is the number one value that mm. i the, 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 that I person personally strive for. And, you know, I, I welcome these, 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 these challenges around it, you know, not because I'm actively racist or sexist or any of those, you know, things, but just because that is, that is the default that I've grown up. And you can see it, God, whenever you go home, you know. Mm, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> or whenever I go and check my stepfather's Facebook. Yeah. You know, I feel like, it, it pops up. And it's just, like, it is, it is worth move, distancing yourself from that. Like, I, I think, and it's, I just wish that more people felt that way. Like, and it's, it doesn't mean you are irredeemable. It is good for people to, to recognize that they were shitheads. Like, I have that stuff, too. Like, I said, you know, when I was young, like, very young, like, in junior high and stuff, I used to call things gay all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. That was the style at the time. Um, you know, and then, uh, like, in my mid-20s, I would, you know, occasionally make jokes that would be considered transphobic um, that I just wouldn't make now, you know? Like uh, meet some people. Not people yeah. are listening to this necessarily, but assholes out there, those nameless strawmen that I'm making up. Just meet some <laughs> people and you'll you'll figure it out. Like it it's it's fine. Yeah. I
0: don't know. <laughs> <sighs> this is the, this is the, this is a funny story. I, I I love I love my grandmother dearly. Um she's one of the most important people in my life. Um, you know, just because she's been as involved as my, as my mom yeah. in any number of things, and she's been through health scares in the past month or so, and my brother was staying with her at the hospital. You know, where we were taking turns, you know, sleeping in the recliner by her bed, and they were, they were, they, you know, they were talking just about the family and about all these other things. And my grandma tur- turns to my brother and asks, "How did Cole get that way?" I know, right? Because it could be any number of things, the neuroticism or whatever. But she was referring because you know, like I... In in the wake of like the Fergus and stuff happening mm-hmm. here, you know, recently, like I've been talking with them about, it's like there's there's more to this than than you see presented on you know to you on the news. Like there exists the idea of the crime of passion, <laughs> you know, like it is any number of those arguments that at, at least you you and you and I are familiar with as you know progressive people. Even though that it's, it's 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 so complicated, and that's really my message in all this is that like it's more complicated that. The reality is more complicated than the version of reality that anybody will try to sell you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know? And just like even to something something as like non controversial as that. And ultimately what what she was coming down to was like, how did he get so compassionate? How did he get so you know, like just like, you know, this the, the this this view of like, you know, not being racist or whatever, any of those things, right? Not having the Fox News uh, outlook, and you know, she she's you know posited like, hey, was it the college professors or anything like that? And you know, a, a college professor that you have for a quarter isn't going to do that. It no. is the people around you that you put in your life, right? That you actively try and learn from, you know, around yourself, and you know, that kind of includes her.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> you know? it's, it's also like it's the collective weight of all those people too, you know. It's not going to be a single person, but like it's funny that when someone says, like, how did that person get exposed, like, that idea of someone's going to go off and be corrupted uh, by exposure to the whole wide world, like, is such a weird backwards idea and exactly the opposite of what happens when you get exposed to more voices. Like, yeah. that is a nourishing and, and growing thing. It is not yeah. a, a corrupting presence. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not
0: badmouthing your grandma. Sure. No, no, and and, that, and that's what I said to her later, you know, just after I, you know, brought up, like, hey, Chris mentioned this thing, and I wanted to, because I desperately want to be on the same page as her, as you know, they all kind of entered the last chapter of their lives, you know, it's like, let's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I want to I make sure that we can share this time and not have any, you know, terrible schisms, you know, schisms between us, and it's, you know, I, I basically said exactly what I said just now was, like, I learned kind of compassion and how to just, like, wish the best for people from the people who are closest to me wishing the best for me, mm-hmm. um, and I just said, like, yeah, you know, like, I left the town, I left Ontario, I left Mansfield, went to a bigger city and saw more, and, you know, that's that's kind of what added to it, and it's really a testament to you that I can, you know, add on top of that. You know, and it's right. not an affront to you or the way that you see this. It's more just like, hey, here's just what happens. Right. And hopefully you can understand more people who have this, the same view because we're all just building on top of whatever we started with.
1: Right, right,
0: right. Yeah. So this has been a very special moment.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, just fun in. With, <laughs> just fun uh, <laughs> boys. <laughs> Another of our famous just button in <laughs> segments. You're
0: going to die someday. Yeah. Probably very soon, especially if you drive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Alex KDN asks, Is there a list somewhere of Let's Players slash podcasters associated with all this misogynist bullshit, or more positively, a white list of decent people? Uh, I want to find new stuff to watch slash listen to, uh, but I just find it very stressful to be exposed to that stuff.
1: Uh, no. Like, okay. I, I think that you you probably can't trust any of that stuff that you found nope. um, just because there are people like specifically like there's the um, some guy who is a serial uh, shithead um, created like a block list like an anti gamergate block list but then nope. it, found, it came out that he was using it to like fish people's information or something like that like he's a shithead um, essentially just like keeping an eye out and listening to what people say you know um, as far as games go I hear about stuff like that on twitter just because I follow a couple people um, we talk about it, which like I've come so close to unfollowing for my mental health like a thousand times in the last couple of months because Twitter is just like the thing I look at in the morning to get angry to get me out of bed now, and that's that's unhealthy. Um, but there are a couple of people like A Man in Black all underscore um, and S R H uh, Butts is the uh, I, love, I love these people who are like have roles of social importance who are stuck with their like Yahoo username style Twitter handles. Both those guys say and uh, Untimely Death Gamer. Um, are people who I get a lot of new stuff from um, as far as like hey this here's a here's and it's all primary sources like, I don't just take those guys words for it they say like hey here is this guy's Twitter account where he's being a shithead you know and then I go and look at it for myself and it's like oh he is being a shithead yeah. I don't want to support that
0: so. yeah and it's just a matter of tuning your radar honestly to, you know, to, 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 to listen for those things like and just being ready to be disappointed by people and be accepting of that
1: yeah, man. Yeah. Like the uh, the Ethan Carter guy. The reason why I found out about that was because Sean Elliott retweeted it. Who is a guy I like a lot. Like I have a lot of respect for for him, and I think he's a really good thinker. Um, but he, you know, like is coming down on the wrong side of some of the stuff. And as yeah. for our earlier conversation, it doesn't mean that I can't enjoy his work in the past. It doesn't mean that like that he's on. He's trying to get there too. It's just taking him. You know, he's just not there yet. I think, which is super condescending. Wow, I wish I hadn't said that. It's a really condescending way to say it. But there's value in him,
0: mm-hmm. and it's
1: not too late for him to like. He might look back on this and be like, you know what, this guy is kind of being a shithead.
0: Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't know. Give people the the, the not not the benefit of the doubt because that's a little bit too generous. But the opportunity to grow out of it, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like that just that 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 just kind of seems to be. Something important, uh, just a measure of grace. I don't know. Like condemn them for what they are now, but be willing to embrace them in the future if they if they recognize that.
1: Yeah, and then like with him specifically, like I will compartmentalize. Like, there this is the shitty thing he does. It's a real disappointment. There are other things that he does that I still like.
0: Yeah, you know? like, I, I like that game. I've played like two hours yeah. of it. It's really good. Yeah. I'm probably going to complete it. Yeah, <laughs> you know?
1: it's, a I, I'm, it's a shame that I didn't get a chance to get in before. Before I, I, you know, would have been too late to give that guy money. Um, again, like it, you know, I just if he wasn't, he was really particularly vile. But like a minor, you know, occurrence. Like I'm not gonna, I don't know. It's it's all your personal stuff. Like there's no rules for it. So like yeah. just keep an eye out and and then you know don't do what makes you feel squicky. I was telling they were talking about. Um, I went to this Dark Souls thing and they were talking about doing a big Souls meetup thing at PAX this year, and like. That would be really cool for me to go to from a fun and then also a professional standpoint because there would be a lot of souls people there and as somebody who's in the business of getting guests for things, mm-hmm. that's really helpful. Um, you know, when they're talking about all these like, you know, Pete peverson and all these people who I could corner and, and charm and I uh, get to be on the show, um, but I don't want to support packs because those guys are shitheads. And then it becomes a like cost benefit analysis like, is this a compromise I'm willing to make? Could I go to the town? And then if they're doing the meetup in, like, a bar, like, just go to that and then go home the next day, you know? Something like yeah. that. Like, I've got to wrestle with that as well. Like, I have to compartmentalize the values of what the benefit is worth to me versus what it is going to cost, you know? Which is, a, is not a choice that anyone can make. Other
0: me. Yeah. Hey, Gary, um, yeah. I've been drinking too much of this fireside chat. I'm going to go use the restroom real quick. Can okay. you uh, um, talk to people about the t-shirts? Yes. and stuff? So? Oh, yeah, we'll I'll be I'll, back I'll in, like, 30 a seconds. What's so. that? A monologue for a little bit. Cool. I'll be right back. Yeah.
1: Brooklyn, 1945. I was a kid playing stickball with my dad, Billy Crystal. He used to always take me to Mets games. Um, instead of that, uh, you should... We are doing Teespring campaigns, is what Cole is referring to. So people who participate in our merch survey, thank you. And uh, we're starting a series of Teespring campaigns. If you go to... Uh, our Facebook or to our website or anything like that, you can see the link. Um, it's teespringcom forward slash watch out for fireballs logo um, with dashes between those words after the slash. Um, but we're gonna start selling shirts. The uh, the first one is just the watch out for fireballs logo. Um, but we're gonna do these pretty regularly. Um, we talked about it on the most recent episode of Bonfires to chat. We recorded but like you don't make a lot of money <laughs> from these things. Like I'm not encouraging anyone to do this because we're gonna get rich off of it. It's just a way to get cool physical objects out there in the world. Like, we will make a little bit of money off it, but it's mostly just, like, if you want this cool shirt, this is a way that we can provide it without having, like, a hundred shirts sitting in a basement and not being able to do anything with them. Um, So if you want that, check it out. Um, It's 18 bucks, which is pretty... Like, they're good shirts, is what I understand, and that's not a bad price for a uh, custom-printed shirt in this day and age, um, is my understanding. Yeah.
0: We, we uh, appreciate everybody who's gone out and bought the WAF uh, shirt, and we are working to get kind of more stuff. We have some designs banked up, and we're, we're always keeping, out, uh, keeping an eye out for other uh, designs that we can put out mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, let's see here. I'll take us into the next question here. Uh, this is just a follow-up from uh, Noah DeBiase. Uh, for the record, I've been very glad to see the inclusiveness in discourse. Not sure if that part came out in the question. And, Cole, I love that Buddhist concept. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, cool. So here, Brian Skircia. Uh, despite the need for the network to play new games uh, all the time, are there any games you revisit periodically? What makes you come back?
1: that aren't, like, so specifically games that I will pick up and kind of play that aren't homework games. Is how I'm reading that question? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, every once in a while, I will do a replay of, like, a classic thing that I that I really love. But, like, part of the what I started doing the blog because those were games I wanted to replay anyway. So I turned it into work. Yep. Um, just to not waste any part of the buffalo, so to speak. Um, so there aren't a lot of things that I revisit. I've been wanting to play Super Mario World again because I did... Um, a, I went and guessed it on a couple of Retronauts. I was in town and they're doing a Super Mario World episode that I guessed it on, and I was like, oh yeah, this is one of the best games ever made. I would like to play through this again. Um, so like a lot of those like Nintendo classics, I like to revisit from time yep.
0: to time. And, uh, and your, your answer about the, uh, the 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 Infinity Engineers thing uh, definitely goes back to the uh, the uh, hex crank kind of stuff, the survival horror things. I used to play through every single uh, Resident Evil and Silent Hill game. Every year. Um, and then when uh, when Podcast Homework took that over, it was like, well, let's figure out a way to get this back in here. And then I promptly stopped updating that blog. You got
1: a lot under your belt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I've got a lot of like, you know, like like rounds out. Like what brings me back to it honestly is just kind of I don't know, it brings me back to any book or movie that I rewatch or reconsume, any game. It's just evaluating it in a different context, either more experience with that thing or a different worldview or any number of things like as you grow older it is you know a a, a fantastic benefit of experience that you bring more of yourself to this thing Mm. Um, which is something kinda crazy to say about you know Silent Hill 3 where you solve a puzzle by mixing bleach with chlorine (laughs) 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 or bleach with ammonia Uh, but uh, you know I think that's true Um, and they you know all affect you in very different ways so I think that yeah you just bring a different version of yourself to these things each time.
1: I find that a lot with things once we start doing the show. Like, I start thinking about games in different ways, so it's been fun to go back to things that I know and think about it in terms of the show. This is off-topic, but we were just talking about solving a puzzle with uh, Bleach and Ammonia. Um, have you ever seen the 2004 Manchurian Candidate?
0: Yes, with uh, okay. uh, with uh, Denzel Washington.
1: Yes, one of our nation's finest actors. Um, I watched that for the first time, and it's really weird that there's a, a really long scene where he bites a tracking device out of someone's shoulder. Yep. Like, I was just thinking about, like, boy, that's a really specific, like, if you want to see Denzel Washington bite, like, take a bite out of someone, this is the movie for you. Like, this will do it. Uh, and, like, that's got to be somebody's thing somewhere. Not, not even necessarily sexually, just like, eh, to see Ben Denzel Washington, take a bite out of somebody. And, like, now there's a movie for that.
0: Yep. So, um, have you uh, done any measure of searching around IMDb tags? Oh, no. <laughs>
1: Don't, yeah. Have a tag for that? Yeah, uh, right. possibly that would be great like Washington Bites
0: dude yeah. yeah or just biting tracking device out of shoulder yeah. which uh, <laughs> along with anything on the internet you can assume that it's somebody's it's somebody's uh, fetish yeah. but like uh, just uh, go to any movie that you like and look at the tags and assume that somebody is just like rock fucking hard yeah. at this
1: it's some very specific little thing that happens in it Yeah. But those tags are so dumb like, there's yep. one of my favorite things that the Awful Movie Database does is make fun of those. Where, like, I just want to—I only care about movies that have uh, scenes in, in sewers outside of restaurants. Like, they're just like, like, why would you ever need something sorted by that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same thing that when somebody puts a hashtag in front of something and they're just like, they just make it up. It's like, oh, this is really going to be trending. You know, <laughs> like uh, PSU, the the my college and former workplace, um, is using tons of like social media stuff and they're just getting into it now, like five years too late. And they're doing all these uh, hashtags for their student worker nominations, and it's just it it's like they don't understand what they are. Like you know the idea like oh you know uh, Kayla Kayla the RA's smile is really trending right now, you know, and it's like no no that's not you don't need just you don't just put a hashtag just in front of a thing that you're going to say anyway. Um,
0: Yeah. I'm the the asshole in the world about that, Uh, A, because I am the kind of person who uh, with high school friends have been like, I'm really happy that you hashtagged my beautiful baby because I was going to search around that, which I I stopped doing that because let somebody enjoy pictures of their baby, you can just unfollow them, that's fine, whatever, just be cool, man, just be cool. Um, but, uh, But it works, since I work primarily in marketing, I have taken the role as the skeptic. Uh, of a bunch of this stuff. Like, no, that's that's fucking bullshit. Like, if somebody yeah. talks to you about social media strategy, like, you just have to think about, like, just think about the way that you consume this stuff and then act yeah. on that. Yeah, the, the, right.
1: The, the, just putting a hashtag in front of something is not the, the end of a strategy.
0: Uh, right.
1: You know, like, you know, uh, you know, milk smile is just going to become like a hashtag. That, you know, like, <laughs> milk smile? Yeah, after you drink a nice glass of frosty milk, you get that smile. And uh, our ad's going to show that, and then we're going to hear people posting their milk smile selfies all over Twitter.
0: I'll just, do it right now, specifically for the video people. Back on Patreon to see this.
1: check out this milk smile that Cole doesn't prepare for his milk smile. The growth. Yeah. <laughs> this is disgusting. <laughs> like the frame rate dropped, and I saw your lips like moving slow motion. I it was beer. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, If it had been milk, I, I would have, I would have pod divorced you. Glad <laughs> <laughs> oh. you didn't just do the old milk beer switcheroo when you went to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, that's a nightmare, <laughs> isn't it? When you open up a can of beer, it's just some milk. It's <laughs> just milk, like fermented milk.
0: No, it's like half and half.
1: Like, wow. yeah, oh <laughs> That's I
0: thought I was pouring beer into this coffee. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like, it's man. Movies from that era, I think, are gonna come up really short. Yeah. Jumping back to the Manchurian Candidate, like, we didn't need a 2004 version of the Ma- of the Manchurian Candidate. Like, 1962, that was fine. Like, it was a super campy Frank Sinatra movie, and I was cool with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, like a lot of restraint in you know, a remake terms, like thirty, you know, forty years, and in remake. Uh, oh, region, for sure. And by modern standards, that's crazy mm-hmm. respectful.
0: Yeah, I just, I just can't think of too many, too many like mainstream movies from that era that are like really light my fire. Yeah. You know. Bad New York movies. Yeah. Sin so New York, best yeah. movie of the yachts. I guess, you know, like There Will Be Blood or something probably counts in that too, but...
1: Yeah. There are good movies in that, in the, aughts. We're take that? Up the statement. There are good movies in the last 10 years. Yes, yes. We'll, stand, sure. we'll, we'll make our stand-by.
0: <laughs> uh, let's hear. We have Alex KDN um, asking about two questions here. I'll put this one to you first, Gary. Uh, what is the best Guided by Voices album?
1: Uh, Alien Lanes.
0: What year did that come up?
1: Um ninety-five. So nineteen ninety-five. Um it's it's always a toss-up between that and B Thousand. Um B Thousand is more consistent, Alien Lanes is higher highs. So to my mind, like with my iTunes and iPod, iPhone listening lifestyle, I appreciate albums with higher highs more than consistent albums usually. Mm-hmm. Um and the highs on that album are incredible. Yeah. So, Alien Lanes is the place to start, even though Guy by Voices has an amazing greatest hits. Um, because they're when they got spotty and inconsistent on all those albums, are at least one or two good songs. So the uh, greatest hits album, um, Human Amusements at Hourly Rates, is the name of it, and that's actually a really good collection if you're starting out. But you can do that, or Alien Lanes, or B Thousand, are all good places. Yeah.
0: Would uh, Would you consider doing like uh, like the top ten rock band request thing, like I did?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was. I would. I would consider doing that.
0: Yeah, that was a lot of fun to write. I. It was. It was. Um, entirely just for myself, but um, I don't know.
1: Uh, yeah, I thought about doing it right afterwards, but I just started a different.
0: Yeah, thing, you've got a like a, thing.
1: Something uh, something more weight. <laughs> well, I mean mildly, but I had just done a bunch of lists before that, so
0: yeah. It was, uh, yeah. Give, give it a shot. I'd Be curious about it because I really like the stuff that you brought to the episode.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah, that took a lot of thought because you had to considering, it, like a rock band song is not just like I like the song.
0: Right, you know, it is. Uh, this
1: would be a good song to do on every instrument.
0: Yeah, I was, I was, I, I was really happy with mine when that came out, but that, but that took, that ended up taking longer than I wanted it to for it being a listicle. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, well. uh, the question for me is, uh, what is your recipe for chili coal? Um, and uh, that is, uh, like this fireside chat, a lot of improvisation. Oh, hey,
1: bring uh, really like <laughs> to the nation
0: yeah yeah uh but the uh, but the basics is I cook it in a slow cooker. Um, I use two pounds of ground beef I use uh six ounces of bacon um, and I cook that and drain it real good. that's mostly in there for a little bit of extra salt uh in terms of tomatoes. Um, I don't like messing with fresh tomatoes because they're really complicated, so I buy uh diced and uh, like squash like smashed tomatoes. Uh, in order to mix in to get like the base for it. Uh, in terms of beans, I go with uh, a mixture of dark kidney and black beans because I like the texture of those a little bit better than like light uh, light kidney or uh, pinto, anything like that. And uh, in terms of like peppers and stuff, uh, peppers and onions, I try to dice them really fine. Uh, I use jalapeno peppers and uh, try to keep a little bit of the seeds, but not all of the seeds. Uh, and uh, onions, I use a, uh, a either a white or a yellow onion in that in order to make sure it's not too like pungent off of the top of it. And then I just kind of nurse it in the slow cooker all day uh, with a mixture of uh, garlic powder, chili powder, and uh, um, cumin. And I just kind of give it taste test as it goes along. And uh, that's usually enough to make like for my like crazy bachelor lifestyle about a month worth of chili uh, of about a meal a week or so.
1: The uh yeah, try um when I make chili, my my secret ingredient I've used, like bacon is a good one. Um try adding a little chorizo to it. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, that's good.
0: Yeah. It's it's hard to get chorizo around here. Like, weirdly mm-hmm. enough, like, I've looked for it because, like, I'm a, I'm a person who will make a, uh, make, like, a a, a a breakfast, not, like, like, you know, uh, burrito, but, like, fry up almost mm-hmm. um, with, like, minimal carb kind of stuff, like, just, like, very, like, very little potato to, like, absorb some of the grease, um, mm-hmm. and that to make it not just a horrible, uh, you know, saturated fat holocaust up <laughs> Yeah,
1: you can't use, like, a full sleeve of chorizo. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Like, it does it is a lot of fat but some of the beans will soak some of that up yeah. um, and it it adds a lot of flavor i find yeah.
0: yeah i i have like a um like within walking distance of my house like a whole foods or fresh markets and a uh, and a fresh markets that is branded or a different name called good times where time <laughs> is spelled like <laughs> parsley parsley sage rubs, oh, rosemary and thyme
1: that's a specific story.
0: <laughs> yep <laughs> so I can get any number of like grass-fed steaks and stuff, which I do because they mm-hmm. taste really good. Um, but also chorizo is there and it's pretty good. But like at the Meyer, you don't get uh, yeah. chorizo very easily. You get like Bob Evans sausage, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Which you're not gonna put that in chili. What the fuck's wrong? No, with that's you? a bad idea. <laughs> no. uh, let's see here. Um, and we have like one final question here as we round out the uh, round out the time. What's up? I said, perfect.
1: And I know, out right?
0: Out. Yeah. You guys are doing really good. Thank you so much for uh, coming on force with these, uh, with these answers or these questions or whatever. Um, this is Sean Peter asking, hey, y'all. Our video games are... Just kidding. Ha-ha. <laughs> Winky right. face. Um, has there been a game that you've been tempted to do for WAF, uh, but one or the other has refused due to a bad experience with it? Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah that's a good question. <laughs> this gets into like where we like <coughs> find it out. Yeah. Yeah, we had a,
1: we just had an iTunes review that said that we agreed much. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you see that? Someone who's mad about Hawking. Oh media. yeah, I saw
0: that. And I, I, I read those every day. Like like you watch Twitter in the morning to get up and be oh, angry. Yeah. I watch iTunes reviews in the morning to feel affirmed and just be like, I'm not going to be just attacked with like sticks and stones the second I step out my door.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would do that if if we got more reviews, I would look at it more frequently. But they tend to save up just because I don't, uh, they don't come you know enough for me to check them all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. somebody was saying we agree too often and part of that's by design because neither of us want to play a game that we're not going to like since we're going to be spending lot right. of time with it. Um, I, I don't want to do I outright mean, refuse is a strong word like I don't want to do Chrono Cross like yep. it's aggressively unfriendly to colorblind people and I had a really lukewarm experience with it when I played it um, you know I know that's a game you really like but <laughs> it's not like it came up and I was like no no <laughs> you know, like don't, I, I don't. We don't do that, and I I like that we don't do that. Like it's not just like we're not the the fanboys. Like you know, he likes Sega, but I like Nintendo. Uh. How it works. Like we're not. You know, we try not to be that way.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I I'm down to that. Like I think that I think that a lot of our considerations when we're looking at these is more practical. Uh, to be honest. Like I know that Gary would probably. Uh, Gary, like you're not the only other person on this call. I know that you would probably be, you know, content to do a lot of, a lot more like WRPGs, but like that's like JRPGs, and then we just don't have time yeah. to put that in. And we're trying to like put more variety in, and same thing with with me. Like it would be awesome to do more adventure games or uh, or survival horror games, but I know that we just need to achieve like a, a healthier mix in order to have like a stronger continuing point of reference. Yeah. On that, so like I put word I put forward like Shenmue and everything, oh, but, sure. like whenever, yeah, but like whenever you say like you know what, I'd actually like rather not do this, yeah, I, I totally it. understand it, so it's not yeah. like a point of like contention between either of us it's like okay cool, there are like literally a thousand other games that we could do that Yeah, it really comes to down start.
1: to that, just there being infinite media you know? <laughs> right. it, it's, it's the uh, and then I know that we both started our, our respective blogs partly because of that Like the things we want to talk about without being able to do them for the show Mm-hmm. Um like specifically we got a lot we've had a lot of requests for Baldur's Gate over the years, you know, um, or Baldur's Gate 2 specifically, and I was like, well, I don't want to subject cold to this because it's gonna take forever. And that turned out to be true. Like just playing, you know, I did 14 entries on it for the blog and it took a very long time to get through. Um so that would have been a tough, tough thing to do for assignment. And I was happy to uh, to just relegate it. Um, yeah, what else is something like there's probably more and also I think like that might have loosened up too. Like I think that when we first started uh, doing things, there might have been things that we might have been more prone to reject, or but we were still getting our feet. You know, like I wonder if like the Cole of now would have wanted to do like the Genesis Shadowrun, Run, which is like an obtuse, you know, kind of unfriendly game.
0: I, I feel like I would have been like crazy into it, and I don't know if that's just because the me now, you know, 2015 yeah. Cole has played the Genesis, you know, the Genesis yeah. Shatter, Shatter Run. I mean, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, I'll just. Say something crazy about me, <laughs> but like I feel like I've been pretty game for a lot of the stuff. Yeah, that's
1: absolutely. Consistent. Yeah, I was yeah. just wondering whether that was something that changed. Like I wasn't necessarily saying it was. Oh I yeah. Out loud. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. That, yeah so to answer your question, not really. Uh no. <laughs> And we have a we have our list, our written list, and we've had discussions and stuff, and we have things planned out, and like usually we just land at a consensus. Like that would be interesting to do. Yeah. Uh, so we do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, like we 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 tend to agree at least on what is what 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 is worth looking at and you know worth investing the time into. And I think that you know something something about the show that is that is great and that I really appreciate is that you know the contract is we're going to try our very best to complete it, and we can probably count on a single hand the number of times we haven't. And so that makes us very very considerate about what what we push forward in order to, like, say, like, oh, man, we should totally do this, you know? And very few, you know, it's very infrequent that it's like, oh, man, I'm really disappointed that we haven't just because we're operating in infinite time scale to a certain extent yeah. like I know we're eventually going to cover Chrono Trigger and as an extension of that like talk about the way Chrono Cross fits into it and I'm I'm cool with that and I'm not impatient enough to be like man if we don't cover this in 2015 I'm going to be really upset it's yeah. like no maybe our JRPG is going to be going to be from like Dragon Quest or Persona this year right. I don't know like I'm cool with that
1: yeah the uh, how different would the show look if we took um, just ter- turns picking games and, like, the other person, like, didn't... Like, maybe you had, like, ultimate veto power, but it wasn't collaborative. Like, that would have been... I'm not saying it would have been better, or and I think it would have been worse, but it would have been interesting. Yeah. To have stuff, like, inflicted, you know? Uh-huh.
0: Um, it would have been more combative, and I wouldn't have liked that. Like, I, just... have,
1: I wouldn't have liked that either. It also would have been more homogenous, I think, because, like, I would have been picking things from my wheelhouse exclusively, and you would have been picking things from your wheelhouse, you know, at, at least more exclusively. So it would be yeah. less of us looking at... Things that are outside of both of our wheelhouses, you
0: know. Yeah. So. And, and like that—that—that's something that speaks to the value of, you know, a little bit of the rhythm that we've codified, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like, oh, we're gonna do like a WRPG in the winter. We're gonna do a JRPG in the summer. We're gonna do like a really short survival horror in the spring and fall. Like mm-hmm. those kind of things just make it easy for us to say, like, here, here are the ones that are just floating at the top of mind right now in terms of that I think that we we settle on that first go around really organically and that has allowed us to have you know good conversations about the way that these rhythms fit in as, yeah. it, as it goes forward as a person who is incredibly conflict averse I'm I'm incredibly satisfied with the way things have shaken out um, yeah. just because it's been it's been more considerate of each other's attention time and tastes you right, know right. because even if we're not playing something I am absolutely infatuated and in love with right now there's going to be something else coming down the you know down the line that isn't just like oh well he inflicted this on me this time and I get to do this to him next time you right. to Yeah. Bend it's to it more know. like we we have a pool and we're like oh this like makes perfect sense to do next time and that I think is healthier for the the dynamic of the show uh it's healthier for our our relationship and it's, mm-hmm. it's it's healthier for just the variety of things that we do, just can because. I,
1: sorry, I mean I, I didn't mean to cut you off.
0: No, no, I was I wasn't going anywhere.
1: Um, I can understand a little bit the perspective of people who want to see that conflict because that is a traditional video game podcast model. Mm-hmm. Especially people who listen to like a lot of old One Up podcasts, there's a lot of like just arguments, you know, going on, and that happens on a lot of video game podcasts now too. Like that's a re- that's a thing that pops up all the time on video games. Hot dog is like people yelling at Zach about. Being wrong about stuff, um, whether he actually is wrong or not, right. um, and if that's what you like, that's fine. It is a fine thing for you to like, but I don't think we like it. And I think that, you know, it's I'm perfectly fine if that's something you're looking for. And like the person who wrote that review, I don't bear, bear any ill will. Like if that's what you want, that's cool. Like that's just not what we're gonna do. You can get yeah. that elsewhere very easily, I think.
0: And that review was glowing.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was really, it was really nice. I was conflating it with the mean one that came like right before it. Yeah, yeah, we had yeah, one yeah. of our very rare mean mean reviews. But yeah. the um, for the most part, you know, people are really, really, really
0: nice. So. Yeah, I don't know, like you know, and in a lot of senses with the fracturing of media or whatever. I'm gonna start talking like a douchebag now, so forgive me. Um, eventually, you start making the stuff for yourself, and I'd rather make the show that I want to listen to, and hope that you know really cool people come along, and yeah. that is that is uh, something we've been fortunate enough to have happened.
1: Right, 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 right. We haven't had like I feel. Confident in the fact that we haven't had to make a lot of compromises, yeah, um, or that stuff, which is good. Yeah, um, people who are listening to this are people who have the patriot. Like I wrote a big thing about that too. Like we could market ourselves more, and yeah. do things, things like that, but we don't, and I'm glad that we don't, because that would make yeah. this suck, and it would not be fun to do. And it takes tons of ridiculous amount of time and energy, which I wouldn't want to put in if it sucked. Right. Like if we wouldn't, I wouldn't do this if it wasn't fun. So, like,
0: right. Yeah. And part of that is, you know, just the two of us coming to a court on a lot of yeah. that, you know, and so that is a give and take that I am perfectly happy to undertake because the uh, the the alternative is just you know unbearable.
1: Yeah, somebody I think uh, Brian Wade, uh, world class person, suggested on uh, Twitter doing a sketch from one episode as like an episode of one like a very combative fanboy podcast as a sketch, which I think is a funny idea. Yeah, if it works out. We'll add that to something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. It's a conversation. Mm-hmm. Cool. I think that is the last of the of the questions. I'm going to, to take a look and see if there's anything else that's uh, filtered in as oh, we've yeah. uh, as we've talked. But uh, I really appreciate everybody uh, sending that stuff in. I know that Google Hangouts and Google is uh, their, their whole steers is really hard to navigate. So anybody mm-hmm. who's done that, um, tremendous amounts of appreciation for doing that. Well, thanks. Uh, yeah, it looks like we're we're like bottomed out.
1: Cool, we're caught up. Thanks, everybody, for watching. And thanks, everybody, who will listen in the future. And uh, since this is such a boutique thing, we don't do tons of admin for this. But if you're listening to this only on the podcast, you know what you can do. And if you want to watch it and listen to it earlier, you can uh, patronize patronize us on Patronon. On patronon? <laughs> patronon. Yeah, Patronon. Um,
0: yeah. It's like
1: the support group for former yeah. patrons or family members of <laughs> former patrons. Um, <laughs> oh, no, he gave them $10 a month. Our baby couldn't eat. Yeah, <laughs> if you stop giving us money, you get this token that you can redeem for for a beer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Wait, <laughs> is it really a bar that takes uh, tokens? like No, tokens, no
1: but my, my joke was that you'd quit uh, listening to podcasts and and turn it into another vice.
0: Oh, okay, cool, cool. All right, <laughs> I was like, that's bullshit. If somebody yeah, takes that would be really... Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're listening to this uh, right now, I see there are a couple of you, um, uh, and you're a Patreon backer at one dollar or above. Gary just uh, put out an EP of, uh, of a, uh, a Mario Paint song, a longish one, and also longish. It's a long one in terms of Mario yeah, it's Paint, like four and, a half uh, and also it's some core stuff. What's that? Yeah. It's four and
1: a half minutes, I think. So it's longer than the usual stuff I do, but it's not as long as like the Stoic Club
0: thing. So. Yeah. Uh, so hop on there, uh, check your email. He just uh, blasted that out and uh, download that thing. I uh, listened to it here this evening, and it's really good. Thanks,
1: thanks. Um, yeah, I've I've been saying on that for a little while, and wanted to give it out to Patreon people, partly because I was going to have when I did the album in October, I was going to have a, some bonus tracks I was going to include, and I never I didn't have bonus tracks. Like I ended up using every part of the Buffalo, so to speak, and uh, so I wanted to do something extra for that. Like I, I spend so I understand like people don't. I had a long discussion about crowdfunding with Zach when I was in San Francisco, and like the way people support things like this, and it's not for the rewards. And at the same time, I feel like guilty, and like I really want to make sure people are getting their money's worth yeah. for things, even though I know that statistically they don't care. Right. Um, but I have a very intense feeling of like these people are giving us a lot of money. We gotta give them a lot of stuff, um, yeah. even more than we actually do. So like it is something I wanted to do for a while anyway, and like it didn't cost me anything. It was just.
0: Fun to do, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, just like selfishly, like any of those things, like it just feels good to give, you know, to give back to people who have made a conscious yeah. choice. Yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, give to us, yeah.
1: Um, and on that note, uh, yeah. take care, everybody.
0: Take care. Yeah, we really appreciate you watching, listening, any of those kind of things, and uh, so many questions. Uh, keep an eye out on the Patreon if you're a five dollars plus backer uh, for the next opportunity. We're going to try and not do it after the uh, <laughs> after the month ends. Uh, next time, but uh, if we do, we appreciate you understanding. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. So yeah, take care. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening, and if you were a donor, thank you so much for uh, your hard-earned money. It has made a tremendous difference in our ability to do these shows. If you'd like to be a backer or patron or whatever, just go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv And, uh, you know, follow the prompts from there. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.